This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that does not like being blue-mooned. I don't know, I go away for one week and everything goes to shit. No, not the Chelsea Fancast, which was brilliantly captained in my absence by Dean Mears, but Chelsea, of course. Uh, a limp draw against relegation-bound Forest, an encouraging performance, if not result, against City in the league... And then Sunday's abject capitulation against a rampant city in the FA Cup. It's all leaving a bitter taste in the mouth, and many of those mouths are frothing, judging by the reaction from the as-ever superb away support at the Etihad, and of course the eminently reliable social media. Of course, we're familiar with the refrain of the project, the rebuild, the change of ownership, the transition, the ridiculous injury list, the need for time and the need to back Potter. However, surely, if you're being paid a handsome sum to coach and manage the players, then why are we not seeing any, intang- any tangible improvement, even in performance, if not results? If it's as simple as the players just being shit or disinterested, then why, as a coach, keep picking them? Doing the same thing expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. There appears to be no shape, no pattern of play, no fucking clue. Players who have been very good for Chelsea and for other teams appear to be getting worse. Again, isn't it a basic requirement of a coach to improve players? I genuinely have no axe to grind with Potter. He may or may not be the right man for the Chelsea job in the long term. But as John Maynard Keynes said, in the long term... We're all dead. I think most reasonable Chelsea supporters, even though we've grown accustomed to unparalleled success for the last 25 years, would accept not winning trophies for a few years or even missing out on Champions League football. The minimum requirement should always be, for a club of Chelsea's stature, that we're competing, in the mix, there or thereabouts. That limp, 
cowardly, pathetic performance against City is simply not good enough. And the current owners and coach are the ones holding the baby right now. And they're the ones who have to sort it out, irrespective of how we got into this mess. And the title of this joyous episode of the Chelsea Fancast is Blues Mooned. Chelsea Fancast number 952. And I have to say, apart from the fecking football, it's brilliant to be back. I am Stamford Jidge and I am joined, as ever, by the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Did you miss me last week? I'd always miss you, Chidge, Good. but I had this vision of you sunning yourself I was. In, Lanz- in Lanzarote, so that somehow kept me kept me happy in my missing you. I knew that you were having a lovely time, and there was the odd little tweet or WhatsApp from you that made me realise everything was good in your world. It was. So I was I was happy for you. May I say that that um, assessment of the situation was so good that uh, I'm off. Okay, let's all go home. Show's done. Show's over. We better introduce yeah. Clayton before we go. Yeah, let's just say that he was here. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, hey, everybody, who's this? It is, of course, the housewife's choice. It is the fantastic, articulate, eloquent, excellent servant to the fan cast, the brilliant Clayton Beerman. Thank you very much. And I wholeheartedly agree. I thought Chish was brilliant just then. A soliloquy, is that the mm. correct? Yes, absolutely brilliant. And and yes, indeed, we can now go home. Yeah, there you go. I go back to back to Lanzarote for another week because uh, it was rather lovely. Um, Clayton, I hope you realise, I mean, you know, not that I have any favourites on the fan cast, but I would say that if I did, you would be my favourite, which is why I handpicked you for my return show. You're making me blush. The viewers can see that I'm blushing. I am blushing. Last time I saw you was at your lovely do. It was indeed. It was indeed, and it was very, very lovely of you to come along all that, all that way. It was lovely to be there. You miss Mr. Kid. I know. I couldn't bloody believe it because I said to you, "Well, where is the fucker? Is he turning up?" Oh, well, you know what he's like. I said, "Oh, well, mate, I've got to go because I mean, you know, it's quite a long way back." The bastard turned up an hour after I left. Didn't have the car. Uh, I know. We d- we did have this conversation. Actually, he was, that he did actually confess that he was sitting outside my house for three hours waiting, <laughs> waiting for me to go. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, look, it's lovely to see you. It's very lovely to be back. I think before we carry on the show, I, I have to say, I mean, I alluded to it earlier on in the intro, but massive, massive, massive thanks to young Dean Mears who. Uh, did did me proud by doing such a fine job presenting the two, two shows while I was away, um, but also for handling. Uh, well, I know I know I've I've been there before, and and you know the show that they did on Friday, uh, you know, um, in response to dear old Gianluca Vialli passing away. They're they're never easy to do those shows, and I thought they all did it brilliantly, and Dean held that together really, really well, um, as well as recording it, and then what you don't know, people out there, um, because it's a fucking major operation putting these bloody things together. So we had Dean presenting it and recording it, and Jonathan put it all together. He edited it and published it up on Acast. I mean, it's a real team effort, and I have to say, you're very fucking lovely, and I really appreciate it, and you did very, very well. Thank you, all of you. Have a big... Round of applause, the lot of you. Anyway, on with the show. Now, tonight, uh, part one, 
We're going to look at Potter's team selection for City, why Chelsea's heads drop in adversity, the senior players being disgraceful, perhaps those two are related, uh, the team being clueless tactically and why the stats so beloved of this new ownership do not lie. They do not. Uh, In part two, we continue the City review asking, is there mitigation for Potter? What would constitute improvement? Should we sack off what uh, the want-aways and the not good enough and play the youth and rebuild properly? And can or should Potter survive? In part three, we've got some great emails from the listeners uh, to read out. And in part four, we wrap up with a preview of the Fulham v Chelsea match this Thursday. The football, like the fun, never stops. Now, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live. Sorry, live. Live every Monday. See, I'm out of practice. Been away a week. And Friday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is chelsea-fancast.mixler.com, where you can join the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do. You can also follow us on all the socials, at Chelsea Fancast. Listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple, and all good podcast platforms, and make sure you leave us a glowing five-star review as a minimum. And nothing like, I can't stand that Jonathan kid, he talks bollocks, or that chitter's a right egotistical bastard. I, I like reading them, because they make me giggle, but you know, if you're going to leave a review like that, at least give it five stars as well. They'll never know. Uh, anyway, after this very short break, we will be back. Right then. Um, mm, I mean, you know, I <laughs> had a bit of a weird uh, experience watching this because uh, it kicked off uh, as literally as I was arriving at the airport in uh, Lanzarote. So my, I was irritating my wife, like you can believe, because I'm there with my mobile phone trying to check in and trying to get the team selection and, and follow. And basically, I managed to get through, uh, you know, border control just as fucking Mares scored, and I and I, I'm in the middle of. I said, for fuck's sake, that Mares scored, and Sarah said, oh, you can't talk like. I said, but yeah, but Mares is, you know, is, is one of those kind of things. So I was kind of following it, uh, and uh, I mean, I kind of knew it was four 0 by the time I, I I was just about to get on the plane, and it was pretty crap. I mean, I think really, chaps, the first thing to say, I mean, I what I did watch the entirety of the uh, the league game. As you know, because I found this brilliant pub in uh, in uh, Puerto del Carmen. If anybody's in Las- Lanzarote and they're staying in Puerto del Carmen or near or there or thereabouts, there is a brilliant pub called the Guinness Tavern, and it it shows all the football matches, and it's all right. It's got a lovely view of the bay, uh, but it serves lovely Guinness. They're really lovely people. I tried to find them on Twitter to give them a massive big up, but I couldn't find them. But anyway, I, I wandered off there to go and watch the league match and you know I thought I thought we were all right really we weren't outclassed at all um I thought the youngsters did all right um you know got unlucky with the goal really but I thought I thought we we did all right I, I left feeling a bit encouraged but most particularly JK encouraged by uh Dennis Zakaria who I thought in the absence of the 
let's well i mean the one the, he who should not be named i think we're going to change his name to um you know in the absence of Jorginho, i thought zacharia did really really well um so why the fuck didn't potter start him on sunday against city he has the the legs of a stork or an ostrich he looks a bit demba bar like actually but yeah he had a very fine game indeed uh, revealing his the strengths that clearly had made him a sought after player when he went to juventus but um He's been suffered a bit with injury, but um, the the whole selection for for Sunday was just absolutely bizarre. It's almost as if um, he thought, well, City are going to rest a few players, so I'll rest a few players. But I, I wanted to say to him, no, that it's a completely different set of circumstances. You should be playing your best possible team. We have a a history of getting to cup finals. We. Uh, we compete in the FA Cup. We're a very good FA Cup side and we've been to the last three finals. All right, we've not put it together enough to win them, but we should be competing at this level. And if they decide to play a weakened team, well, more fool them. Instead of which, he plays a weakened team. He plays a weakened team when we're already looking as if we're playing weakened teams when we're not. So... I mean, no doubt he would come up with a reason for playing Humphreys, poor Humphreys, who I think the stats were wheeled out. That more he more was... Barry than Basher, really, wouldn't he? Hey, hey, hey. Basher not clearly being his um, uh, yeah, his motive. He's, he's, he's an England under nineteen international. Oh, hey, um, hey, know. hey. I know, but 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 he did a, he, his stats were very good for passes completed, but as most of them were, as happens with these poor rabbits in headlights kids thrown into these situations unless they're completely outstanding a large number were um passed backwards you know it's like his body language is it's cucarella like he's facing the wrong way um his 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 angle of body is towards the goalkeeper so the ball has to go back and i don't blame it because you know city were fantastic i mean it actually showed you what we should be aspiring to the the goal for goodness sake the goal which we pathetically didn't manage to get a tackle in. It just went on and on, all the passing, the embarrassing passing. But that actually, the goal, their, their Foden goal, spoke volumes about where all their heads are at. That nobody got in to tackle them. You're not telling me that they're more skillful than us. All right, they've got much more money and they're owned by a small country. But every player who comes in you know, has an ability which we're supposed to have because we have, yes, indeed, Jid. He's under 19, uh, England under 19. Didn't didn't look as if he was England under 19. He just looked out of his depth. I'm sorry. But to be fair to him, everybody else around yeah. him was... You do don't you know, agree do you know, No, no, I, I, I do, he, I do he agree. He was out of his depth, Clayton. I, I, do, ag- I do agree. I do agree. But I'm not shaking his head. Let Clayton come no, in. Well, I will. I just I, I want to get in there too. Let's have a fight. Let's have fisticuffs. Yeah, fucking let's have it, mate. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Clayton. Come on. Um, seriously. I, I'm yeah. not going to bash bash here because it, it, it's his. I think, as you say, he was thrown in at the deep end, and he, you know, he's thrown in with Jaloba hasn't played for weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's got that absolute fucking oaf Koulibaly next to him, who who, who looks like a fucking donkey, and Jorginho in front of him. So, yeah. I mean, let you know, I, let's not let's not kill all him right, off right, 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 right yeah. Right, right, but right, I, right. I, I well, do agree, he didn't play well. Funny, but you know, carry on, carry on. And why Zakira Zakira wasn't work wasn't working wasn't playing is beyond me, beyond me. As having established that, and he all right when the, when you saw the team, I thought all right, the midfield he's got uh, J five, he's got. Um, 
Kovacic and he's got Gallagher. Now, Gallagher, unfortunately, at the moment, I can't work out what he's trying to do because I'm so fond of him. I want him so to do well. But all I'm seeing is this this mad... No, he's trying know, too hard, I think. Yeah, yeah creature yeah. who just fouls, beats, gets the ball, loses it immediately, um, kicks the grass in frustration. And you think, can they, what, whatever it is that Potter's trying to do, can he actually fit into that system? Because well, at the he, moment, he, he's, he's, not, con- he's he, not doing He's consistent. I'm gonna, I will go to Clayton because I know, I know that you and I will just sit here for an hour toing and throwing on it. But Gallagher, I, I mean, I think one of the problems, I'd like to get into this later, actually, because this is very much about Potter. And I think he's, he's not playing the players in the right positions. Mount, he's not playing in the right position. Gallagher, he's not playing in the right position. I mean, apparently he ended up playing Gallagher fucking wing back. Anyway, Clayton, yeah, yes, Clayton, please, uh, please, please calm Jonathan and me down. <laughs> Whatever you do. <laughs> well, I, I'm not having the the criticism of Humphreys. I'm really not. I just don't. What, what did he do yesterday that he shouldn't have done? Gave the ball away a lot. No, he didn't. Yes, he, did. he didn't give it away any more than anybody else. No, but he still he did. Basically, he basically was making his debut against arguably the best team in the world. Then why? Why, Clayton? Well, that that's that's neither here nor there. I can't answer that. You know, uh, we'll come been. on to what, that. Why was Silver sitting on the bench? But all I can say to you is I do not know how you expected him to do anything other than what he did. He didn't make a mistake which led to a goal. He basically had somebody next to him whose head seems to be, I don't know, I mean, Kudabali is is not, I don't know whether he needs a year or a season to get used to Premier League, but he just, does, he just doesn't look at the races. You're playing Lewis Hall at left back. He's not a left back, but he can play wing back because he's a midfielder and he's an extremely talented young guy. You got a goalkeeper who fucking all of a sudden, after being really, really good previously, up to the World Cup, looks shaky again. Um, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I, I think the kid did as well as he could possibly do. I really do, and I don't really know what more you expect him That's to not do. Very good. What? He's not very good in that environment. Well, you, know, you can't write him off. I'm not writing him off. I'm not, no, that's not writing him off. Not that's good. not writing him off, Clayton. He just didn't play very well. None of them play very well. Okay, I, that I don't disagree with, but I well, don't actually... Why are we bigging him up? He didn't He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything good. And yeah, none of them did. But, 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 it, it's one match. It, hang on, whoa, whoa, time no, out. Time out. Time out. Time out. It's one match. You've got to look at the context of what he was thrown into. Yeah, I agree. He shouldn't have been playing. I, I, what is the option? I mean... Silver. Played on Thursday. Well, I mean, why didn't... Here's another question. Badashile was on the bench. Why didn't he well, play? Well, that, that would have been actually more sensible, apart from the fact he probably hasn't played for... I don't know when the last team played for Monaco, and you don't know how many times he's trained, but he was on the bench. It was a very strange selection, and it was it was very upsetting on the basis that we treat this cup with the utmost respect and have done so. Not what not when we're new Brighton, Clayton. <laughs> you know, and we and we've done so for years, and 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 
you know, at times it's driven me to absolute distraction. You know, when we've played with all due respect to sort of your Chesterfields or what have you at home, and we've played eight or nine first teamers and, and people are crying out thinking, we don't need that. You can play some kids. But no, we've respected the cups. We've respected all those cups, which is why we've won, won so many of them over the last 20 odd years. This was a bizarre selection. But in saying that, seven or eight internationals who should have been bloody better and given more than they did. That team, you know, I don't know whether this is the right time to then go, is not playing for Potter. Now, whether you say that's disgraceful, you should be playing for him, et cetera, et cetera, I got no idea. But the fact is that they're not. You can see they're not. There's no, they couldn't give a shit. And that's that's just not acceptable. Now, we are basically in Ken Bates and John Neal territory. Now, I wouldn't for one second suggest that Graham Potter could actually clean John Neal's shoes at this moment in time. But we are in a situation where perhaps our owner slash chairman is going to say, do you know what? I like the manager. I don't like the players. I'm getting rid of the players. Well, and that could be where we are. More more of that in part two, because I definitely want to go through that. I mean, a couple of things that really confuse the shit out of me, which actually do really follow on a little bit from, from what you were saying, Clayton. You know, and the minute that goal went in, you could just see that there... I mean, Jonathan would have got a bird's eye view of that being there. I'd be interested to hear, hear what he says too, but... Clayton, their, their heads dropped, and I think this has happened. This is not, you know, new. This is this has been around for a while. And we've often said it's a lack of leadership, and that being the case, I think that makes the senior players' lack of performance and fight and character and leadership even more disgraceful. And I'm pointing the finger at the senior players actually, and that's you know that's Ziyech, that's Kovacic, that's Jorginho. Um, to name but three, Koulibaly, he's a seasoned pro. He's been around a lot, maybe not at Chelsea for a while. national captain of his country. Well, exactly. And I mean, you know, I mean, I I don't know if you saw uh, the brilliant, uh, almost JK-esque rant by the wonderful Frank LeBeuf on ESPN. I mean, he was fucking fuming. And no, he, I've only seen 40 seconds of yeah, it. Yeah, but I mean, he had a, he had a I mean, you know... He, he had a go at Mount as well. And now I'm not going to exclude Mount for criticism, but I want to talk about Mount in a, in a different context, really, because I wouldn't call... I mean, he is, he's senior to the team, but he's not a senior player yet. Um, but fucking Ziyech and Kovacic and Jorginho and Koulibaly are. And they should be the ones rallying around and dragging the others around with them. That's who you look to as leaders in the team. That's who you should be looking to. And they don't. And the heads just drop completely. I mean, what the hell is all that about, Clayton? I I I don't know. I mean, you look you looked at Kovacic in the World Cup, and you looked at Kovacic yesterday. Yeah, chalk and cheese. I mean, surrounded by different players, agreed. Um, Jorginho is always the whipping boy, but yesterday he was just he was anonymous in in the same way he was against Notts Forest. He just wasn't there. Now, whether he's mentally left the club because he's not going to renew his contract, i got no idea. Um, Kudabali, I don't know. Maybe it's a language thing. Maybe it's just he because he's sort of a a new boy at 
the club, he doesn't feel that he can stand up. But I can't actually remember Thiago Silva being particularly shy when he first arrived, or Marcel Desailly. I mean, you know, the, the he couldn't he couldn't sort of tie their shoelaces. He's 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 not he's not comfortable. He's not enjoying his football, and it and it looks that way. And and when you've got all those youngsters, you know, the point is that Potter picked experienced players. And those experienced players had a duty to look after those kids and they didn't do it. And nobody's running around. Nobody's running around in the way, you know, hark back. Well, we're, we're, we're sort of falling into fucking Liverpool territory of harking back to the good old days. But nobody's, you know, John Terry, we let in a goal. He's basically in everybody's ear. He's running around. He's basically chivying everybody up. Frank Lampard, similar. Where are those players? Now, I know that football's changed and and a lot of them are robots now. There's no personality. It's coached out of them. They're basically put on that pitch. That's your job. That's your job. That's your job. And that's where we are, I'm afraid. That, that, that bunch of players are, are just basically... There's no soul. There's no heart. They couldn't give a shit. I mean, it's 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 inexcusable, to be perfectly honest. And yet, JK, at the same time, you know, you, we have Mount on there. I mean, Havertz is relatively young. Uh, you've got Gareth Hall, who I think Gareth Hall have done it again. Lewis Hall, <laughs> talking about uh, harking back to great players, the, the legend that was Gareth Hall. We've got, we've got Lewis Hall. We've got Basher Humphreys. We've got Chaloba. We've got Gallagher. You know, that's one two, three, four, five academy graduates on the pitch, plus, you know, the young, the the boy habits, we should call him. So, I mean, we know, I mean, I, again, I'll say something I want to talk about a bit more in part two, really, but you know what you're going to get from them in terms of energy. But I do think that in the absence of, of you know, this is the whole point, isn't it, about young players. You, you can't have a whole team full of young players because you do need a few wiser, older heads leading them through it, JK. So in the absence of that seniority or leadership from the seniority, they are going to look like fucking headless chickens. Well, Matt Busby managed in 1958. No, no, I'm being ridiculous. Well, um, you're the only one here who can remember it. No, unfortunately. Bless your little heart. Um, no, he had the odd... Uh, I think Campwell was older, playing centre-half. He had a couple of oldies playing. Um, I just wanted to talk about Zayek, who um, uh, I, I always have a kind of desire for him to be good just because he's played so wonderfully for Ajax, and particularly against us that night where Kepa palmed the ball into the net from one of his centres. And it, it, I was pleased he was selected because I thought, well, that's good, he's going to have a go from the beginning. But he was completely uninvolved and... Um, got dispossessed a lot, and just I just wonder whether you get to the stage now. If what he ought to do as the manager, just say, "Well, I'm not going to pick you anymore if you're not going to try," because it's 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 pretty obvious to me that it's not putting a shift in. Havertz was awful, and the 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 penalty area, the penalty um, incident was just yeah, you know. In fact, we didn't. We had no clue from where we were what had happened, and it was only when when it was shown you up on the big won't screen. Know this, but I mean, sorry to interrupt, and it, it will no, just interrupt away, interrupt away. Brief, brief interrupt. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. We've had words now. Jermaine G, 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 G very much. Who basically is fingers on the blackboard because he's just so fucking annoying, and he hates us so much. When the corner went in. 
he shouted, handball! This is a commentator. He literally shouted, handball. Who was this? Sorry. Jermaine Penis. We just shouted, oh, fuck off. And he was right. I mean, he, he wasn't right as a as an unbiased commentator to shriek handball as if he was claiming it. But he was right. I mean, just beyond comprehension. And also, just to go back to the, the free kick, in fact, Hall, are we going to call Hall Albert, by the way? We're nice if we could, um, um, as we did with Gareth. Um, uh, that's once again for the oldies. Um, uh, the free kick was was contentious from where we were. I don't know what you thought. We all thought the referee had, had been a little bit harsh on Hall for the... But he, what, he, what... Was, he was, especially on the back of the fact that that move came from when Ziyech was tripped. Yes, and, yes, and he yes. Just which he was, which he ignored. But when we've got into this world of now, of referees making decisions and VAR accepting on-field decisions, which is becoming absolutely ridiculous. They won't then look at it. Um, uh, uh, in fact, there were several decisions on, on match today on Saturday that were absurd that if VAR had interfered with, it's the, the on-field decision rubbish when the ball, if, for example, is headed onto a, somebody's head and it goes off and it should be another corner and the referee insists on it being a goal kick and we can all see at home and uh, they now don't show a repeat of it. And I think the, the uh, broadcasters are beginning to get in bed with the VAR refs now, which is absolutely ridiculous. But um, um, what happens on those instances is when Maris stood up to take the, was there to take the free kick and you knew he was going to have a dip on goal is our defensive guy. Who's the only one who's left from Tuchel, whose name escapes me at the moment. What's his name? Do you remember Chidge? Do you remember? Who? The, our defensive guy. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. Andy something. Anyway, he oh, appeared. He's he, very memorable. He appeared on the <laughs> touchline. He's the one who survived. Is it Anthony Gordon? Or Anthony, Anthony, absolutely. He Anthony, fucked yeah. off somewhere else, didn't he? No, no, no. He stayed. He stayed with us. Oh. He appeared he on the touchline. Works for the Irish FA or Belgium, didn't he? He coached during the World Cup for Belgium, I think. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he appeared on the touchline, standing next to Potter, who was his usual um, immovable statuesque self, and gesticulated madly, madly, organising everybody. All about the organisation with this arm and the shouting, completely ignored. Utterly, he was utterly ignored. Because what he was trying to do was to... By, by the... whom was he ignored? Players. Not a single player. Who the fuck is he shouting at other than... He's shouting out, you know, at at the players. But nobody's paying any attention to him at all. Nobody, nobody looks and nobody looks at all. And they set up a wall. And from where we were, I was thinking, actually, he just has to hit it near post and he'll score. Because the wall wasn't set up properly. And I thought, already, this is just ludicrous. What is going on? And Potter similarly didn't join in with the gesticulation, so he just let it go. And it and the ball went in. Were we surprised? No, not in the slightest. But as you say, heads, people just looking at the floor immediately, and it just got it just got worse and worse. But um, but to go back on on um, the effort involved, uh, uh, it, there was a kind of period for fifteen minutes before they scored the first goal where I kept thinking. I don't understand what we're trying to do. Are we going, are we just holding them with a view to breaking? Because what's the pattern here? Well, this there, was... there wasn't one, JK. This, this, oh, I know, this, I know. This, 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 I, said, wait, I, said this I, I agree final. with you. It, it, said, you just yeah. watch it. And I said in the introduction, I don't understand what what's yeah. happening tactically. There's no. no shape. 
there's there's no clue it's just, i think and i mean you know i i think you it might have been clay no i can't remember either of you both of you one of you said oh they're all robots now but they they do and we've said this for quite a few years i think and i i certainly i would certainly say that's true since the sari era when i felt that they were you know playing a bit like that you know playing that's you how he wanted them to play well i know he did i know he did but there, there is that sense that um you know i remember uh clive uh oh bugger what was his name the bloke who won the rugby world cup woodward woodward used to have this thing didn't he in that in that england team that rugby team teacup thinking clearly under pressure which was basically the ability to react to things as they were happening on the pitch you know, rather than having to refer back to the coach to, to you know, in his pre-match plan. Because as we all know, I mean, you know, they say this in, in the military, don't they? That, you know, that all, all plans fail at the point of first contact. The minute, you know, that things happen, the plans have to change. So you can't, you can't fucking dictate what's going to happen a match by numbers. But the players look like, you know, the minute something that they didn't expect was going to happen happens they don't know what to do and i i i for the life of me cannot understand that i just don't get it i don't get it Surely they're experienced enough to appreciate if a goal goes in you just go back try and go back at the other score end score another, another one, one. Yeah. Hell. <laughs> but you know what i mean but it does it looks they just look so clueless tactically they they look like they don't know what they're doing am i wrong no, no, I, I agree completely. Well, once again, is that down to the manager? Well, or is it? And I, 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 Clayton, I think you're absolutely right about the downing tools business aspect, which is what you were saying. Really, is that is that they they look as if they're not playing for the manager, and and so indeed, do you therefore just get rid of them? Well, because knowing knowing full well that they will then go and play for someone else and play really well for them. That's the that's the trouble because we just we, you can see it in a in a. Well, that, just exactly what happened. that is something we are absolutely going to address in part two. But before that, I'm going to have a quick chat about stats because I know, uh, you know, this this new ownership uh, makes a huge thing about stats and uh, which is bound to gra- bound to grind my gears. Uh, but I'm going to give you a few. Actually, here we go. Uh, this is our oh, bugger. I've done it again. Uh, David Brock or something on Twitter. I found this one win in 10 fewest shots in the league. 18th highest for goals scored. No wins versus the top half out of both cup competitions. I heard somewhere today that we're out of both uh, cups in the opening round for the first time ever. But I could be wrong. I mean, I know, I, I know, it's the first time since eighty-eight, eighty-nine. I saw. Yeah, well, that that could be the FA Cup. I don't know, but it, it's not good. Tenth in the table. Having, uh, having seen having seen us in the late seventies and early eighties, I find that I hard to believe. Yeah, I can't believe it. No, I know, I know. Well, I, I always question it, Clayton, when somebody says "ever," because normally when they say "ever," they mean since the Premier League was founded. Probably. So anyway, Probably. Uh, anyway, he says if that isn't sackable form, it's basically a free pass. Rather than ask who would be better, I'd ask who would be worse. <laughs> that was a really interesting point. Uh, the lovely Pierre on Discord. Put this. Uh, a li- you, you've got this in the notes if you if you have them. Uh, these are our last results: uh, Man City four, Chelsea nil, Chelsea nil, Man City. What well, I should do it like James Alexander Gordon, shouldn't I? Nottingham Forest one, Chelsea one, Chelsea two, Bournemouth nil, Newcastle one, Chelsea nil, Man City two, Chelsea nil, Chelsea nil, Arsenal one. Brighton 4, Chelsea 1. Chelsea 1, Man United 
1. Brentford 0. Chelsea 0. So anyway, uh, to, to translate that into English, it's pretty fucking shit, basically. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 defeats, 3 draws, and a win. One win against the mighty Bournemouth. And, and I replied to Pierre, having done a bit of maths on that, that means we'd scored five goals in our last ten matches. I think it's ten, two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah, five goals in those last ten matches that we scored. We conceded 15. So over ten matches, we're averaging 3-1 losses. Kind of says it all, really, doesn't it? Chelsea have won just one Premier League game since October the 19th. No side has won fewer games since that time. I think that's a bit of a bogus stat, considering nobody was playing for most of November and December. Chelsea have won just one of their previous 13 Premier League games against big six sides at Stamford Bridge. Here's a little bit of a a, a slightly turnaround. This is from a Brighton uh, fan. Under Potter last season, it took us 18 Premier League games to score 17 goals. In Brighton and Hove Albums' last six Premier League games, we've scored 17 goals. And some more. Just some flip sides to Graham Potter's incredible, inverted commas, time at Brighton. 14 games without a victory and one solitary win at the Amex calendar year of 2020. Three months without a win, September the 21st and Boxing Day. Three months without scoring at the Amex between January and April 22. We're getting into Jeff Hurst territory here, aren't we? Um, attacking stats. Uh, I don't really understand these, but I'll give it a go anyway for those who are really interested. Because um, it's got things like XG in there, which I don't understand. Goals, 12. Uh, Premier League rank, 14th. This is under Potter. Expected goals, 10.6. 17th rank. Shots per game, 10.8. 16th ranked. At home, goals, 6. 18th ranked. Shots 46, 20th ranked. Shots on target 15th, 20th ranked. Shot conversion 13%, 6th. Bloody hell. Um, I mean, the interesting thing is, is rankings 14th, 17th, 16th, 18th, 20th, 20th. You know, people taking the piss out of JK for uttering the dreaded R word. Well, yeah. that's the stats, mate. That's the stats. Unless he get, if he gets uh, some of the injured players back, the likelihood is we'll start playing better. But the injured players, and specifically, I don't mean Sterling or Pulisic, I, I, because I don't think they're up to it. I think uh, it'll be Rhys James and uh, and Chilwell. Mm. And, and if Conte makes a makes a bizarre reappearance, I think then uh, it'll all change. But um, you've you've from my you know, assessment of what's going on, I think uh, as, as Sterling, in fact, quoted, and in fact, Rhys James put up on his page on Twitter, I'm missing Tommy Tuchel. I think, did you not see that? No. Yes. Fuck me. Yes. That was last week. I think he's not good enough with them. And and I don't think... They don't rate him. And they don't rate him. Show us your medals. Yes. And I think you've got that aspect going on with him. And I don't think they're playing for him at all. And I think that uh, if there isn't a, um, and I think, well, what he can do is just not pick them and play the, the youth. But as we've established, you can't play youth and they'll just be beaten all over the place. Um, so, and I, I don't think he'll get the mix right because I found it awful yesterday that as a panacea, he brought Aspi on for, for what, to do what? I don't Shits see. Shits and I, giggles, mate. I, yeah, I think we should stop treating Aspi as somebody who should be selected uh, as a, as a, 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 almost a weapon an boy, it's, it's, it's yeah. cruel. 
it, 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 yes, he is. No, but I also don't think he should be selected to come on in the second half as a sub and play winger. I play uh, wing back. He needs no. to. Oh, well, he I, must... I, I totally agree. I, Joe, I want to pick up on a lot of these themes. I just wanted to depress you further with some stats based knowledge. Um, anyway, I've got a much better stat for you now. I can 100% guarantee that there will be a number of copies. I can't put a number on it, actually. But there will be a number of copies of the latest CFC UK fanzine on sale. Uh, well, actually, uh, at the Fulham match um, on Thursday, but also at the stall on Sunday for the Palace match. Uh, Clayton and I have contributed, as we always do. Um, it's a fabulous, fabulous fanzine. It's got some absolutely brilliant uh uh, right in it. I, I can tell you this because I, as Clayton, I revealed to Clayton before we started the show rather embarrassingly that the, the solitary book that I managed to get through uh, on my holiday when I took about five books out there was Tales from the Shed, which I finally read properly, which is basically like a bumper edition of CFC UK, but it reminded me actually of how good the quality of writing is in it. So if you want a copy uh, and you can pick one up yourself, you know what to do. Um, if you can't, then don't panic. You can still get them uh, by various other means. The first thing you should do is to email fanzine at cfcuk.net and subscribe. In the UK, that will cost you 18 quid for a whole season. Europe, 40 quid. Rest of the world, 56 quid. You can also get them digitally. Uh, they get sent to you by email uh, as a PDF. That will cost you six quid for a year, one quid each, and you can pay via paper. Now, there's also another. There's a new fanzine on the block by the absolute legend that is Dean Mears, who was uh, captaining the good ship Chelsea fancast last week while I was away. Um, so it's a new fanzine on the women's team, and it's uh, produced by Dean. It's got lovely people writing for it, like Dean, Dane, Clayton, and uh, Rebecca, Harry, Sophie Spittle, Grace Cooper, Rianne Hoskins, amongst others. Tell tell us about this fanzine, Clayton. Um, so Dean started it up a couple of months ago, the end of last year, and... Um, Basically, he was looking for writers, and as you know, I'm sort of quite a regular visitor now to the uh, to the women's football team, and um, so I volunteered to write, and I've done a couple of articles for him. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure he may have some um, to sell at um, the Emirates on Sunday, uh, because that was when he was hoping to bring this issue out. And then undoubtedly he'll have some at Kings Meadow uh, for the next home game, which I think is the 22nd, which is Liverpool, which I will be going to. Um, so, yeah, no, it's good. It's um, it's not quite as um, hasn't got quite as many articles as uh, CFC UK has, but it is in it's it's fledgling and it will grow undoubtedly as as the women's game grows. Uh, I'm sure we'll get more writers writing for it. There you go. So Dean Mears is the new DJ. Want to call him? Yeah, just basically, I th I think I can't. This is awful. I'm I'm just desperately searching. Um, if you want to get a copy, then contact Dean. If you uh, bear with me, whilst I've we got do the address. The Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah, I All mean right. they're available as PDFs for a quid. Um, if you want a physical copy, you get them at the game. They're two quid, uh, but you can actually order them, I think, as well. Uh, and you do that from kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com. And you can, I mean, basically, I would imagine that you can um, send Dean a message at Kings Meadow Chronicle uh, on Twitter. 
definitely. And I'm sure he will respond. He's very good at that. Right. We're going to have a quick break uh, and then we come back uh, and we're going to be talking more about really the City Chelsea review, but a bit broader, really. Is there mitigation? Is there mitigation even for Potter? What can constitute improvement? Uh, sacking off the one-to-ways and the not good enough, playing the youth rebuilding properly, and uh, can he and should he survive? We will be back soon. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters. And proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge, and I've got with me the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Yo. And the absolutely blinding uh, Mr. Clayton Beerman, the housewife's choice. Yo, yo, yo. Lovely to see you, boys. Good to be back, I have to say. I'm enjoying it. Uh, bollocks of the football. I'm enjoying doing the show. That's the spirit. This is what we want. Now, earlier on, uh, before we had a break, I said, uh, is there mitigation? Is there mitigation? I think I left my fucking teeth in Lanzarote. Anyway, um, I said... I left my teeth, teeth in Lanzarote. In Lanzarote. Yeah. Well, um, is there mitigation for Potter? And... Um, there is some. I mean, you know, we've got to be honest. Well, we don't have to be, but I, I, I'm I, quite happy to be honest. Uh, you know, he did turn up uh, with no pre-season. He turned up with none of his own players, per se. Uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a damn difficult time to, to join a club. We've got new ownership. We're in a massive transition anyway. There's a lot of stuff that's that's hereditary. I mean, you know... A lot of their players. I mean, you know, we the reason why we cry out for some of these players not to be played is we've seen them be shit before, you know. So there's a lot of things that are going on that you can't really pin on him. I think the biggest one, really, is the emergency Ward 10, in some respects, which at the moment is Edouard Mendy with a broken finger, Rhys James, Wesley Fofana, Ben Chilwell, N'Golo Kante. Uh, Mount is now fit, so he goes off that list. Uh, Loftus-Cheek, Brozier, Raheem Sterling and Christian Pulisic. And there's a very good case to be said that, well, you know, you play all those players and, and we'd be much better, apart from one essential thing. Eduard Mendy, his form has gone down the toilet. Uh, Wesley Fofana, we don't know about yet. Rhys James is a, is a huge miss, whatever way you look at it. Fofana, we don't know about yet. Chilwell, huge miss, obviously. Uh, Conte... If he's a uh, Champions League campaign barnstorming Conte, monstrous miss, but I fear we'll never see that version of him again. Loftus-Cheek, well, I, I I don't think he's a huge miss, to be really honest, although he featured a lot last year, of course. Broyer too early, but it's very annoying that we've lost another striker. Raheem Sterling, I think, is a fucking fraud, so he's no miss. And I'm sorry, but Pulisic is always injured. And when he's not, and he's never been as good as he was under Frank on that run. And I don't think he's a miss. So I think it swings and roundabouts there. Um, but I do have a bit of sympathy uh, with, uh, with, with Potter for that situation. But that's it, really. Because I think, as we were saying in part one, uh, JK, you know, there are a lot of things you can pin on him. You know, he picks the teams. He picks the same players who have failed to deliver. 
that we know don't deliver. He chops and changes with regularity, which I don't think can be very settling. It looks like the players don't know what they're doing. He's playing players in positions that we know that they're not, you know, that is not their natural position. These things are on him. So, you know, I think there is some mitigation for him, but I definitely think there's a few things you can accuse him of or, or, or put in, you know, put in his court, yeah? Well, I think I think he should be making do with what he's got and and making it work. Surely that's what an elite manager does. Well, I- improve players, I think, is a... Is, yeah. is is an absolute, you know, essential, it's, isn't it? It's a given. It's a given. But it, it just works out as an excuse for me, if you say that. I know people are going to go throw their hands into the heavens and say, but there are all these great players injured. But as you've established, Chid, they're not great players. And and perhaps that is the one of the major problems is... is well, the, the, some... the only misses on that list, in my humble opinion... Are Reese James? I mean, proven we know you know winning mentality, world class ish players. Reese James, Ben Chilwell, Conte. Well, Conte, but I don't, I don't think we're ever going to see that kind of Conte again. It's interesting, isn't it? How the team, the, the performance at Bournemouth against Bournemouth when James was playing in the first half, the team was better. The yeah. team came, the team was somehow <clears throat> buoyed by this, which there should be more. They should be capable of 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 not falling apart you know the second that, that that he was injured dave came on and they just went down that wing several times um i i think that it's interesting that that in the the salt um interview that he, that he gave about clear lake um Bowley said that it was all very essential that they got hold of a um this this not feeder club but a, a, another club where you could put the younger players and in, involve yourself in their development so they don't just go out on loan somewhere and and then fail to to play at a at a decent level or they get involved in a um in somehow in a, in the manager playing a different way and them not getting any game time so the this whole business of um having interest in other clubs is absolutely essential to the business model, and and I, I I wonder whether the the business model works with any of these players if they're buying nothing but youth. However, um, you you don't want to have a situation we've got at the moment where it just all it all falls apart. Now, to me, you need a manager who gives them a system that they should just be able to slot into a bit like when you watch any Man City side with Pep. And I thought that I thought we were getting that way um, early on under Tuchel. And then, and even actually earlier on, bizarrely under Potter, if you remember one of the games early on, he, he, he put seven, he had seven reserves in. I can't remember who we played and we beat them. We played rather well early on under Potter. Do you remember Clayton who it was? Uh, no. Was it Salzburg? No, I think it was a league game. Was it? Yeah, but anyway, when we, when we were sort of waxing lyrical about what had happened, so I'm I'm intrigued as to see what has what has gone wrong since then with with him, and and th- this is why I keep going back to this. I don't think the players are playing for him because there was a period where they were, 
um, well, it appeared to me they were when we, we were looking OK. And, and particularly in the Champions League, all right, the teams aren't as good. But in this instance now, I can't, I don't get the impression that we play anybody and do well. I have this fear that we're now getting into a, a, a kind of mindset where um, we'll lose at Fulham. We'll, uh, we'll then um, lose against Palace because it just appears to be getting worse and worse. And he's not helping himself with his his completely uncharismatic press conferences. Um, but that's just his personality. But I accept that. But I, I think that he will have... Well, we don't, we don't, just can I, but, can I just butt in no. quickly there? Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. like you, being a media lovey, I do set out stall by their public uh, persona. But we don't know what he's like on the pitch, on, on the training ground with the players. And he might be a completely different personality there because they're so fucking media trained now. They're trained to say nothing. Yeah, it's true, it's true. But he, in fact, he said this in the last meeting he said i do get pissed off he said i just don't show it to you yeah. he said that to the yeah, uh, yeah. to the journalists um but uh i was going to say something else sorry mate. sorry no it's okay i forgot don't worry don't worry i forgot what it was um but it, no, it's it's just it's it's uh, I, I just fear that they're now in a spiral and we know what happens with clubs when they get into this kind of spiral it gets very difficult for them to have it changed it really does and i thought that if they were going to buy people this this um, transfer window, that they would buy bigger players than this. They need Joey Jones, mate. <laughs> I'm not joking. Well, I am joking because he, he's too old, bless him. But we need that kind of a character. That's what Joey Jones did when we bought him. You know, a bit of experience. He won the European Cup with Liverpool. He's an absolute legend and a fighter. And he got into the players, you know. Clayton, I mean, do you think there's some mitigation for young Mr. Potter? Yeah, I, I, I think there is, up to a point. The, the game that you, I think, were thinking about, was it Chelsea Wolves? Jonathan? Yes, yes, it was Wolves. He really yes. changed the team, didn't he? Yes, yes. And we won 3-0. Um, yeah. I think there is. I think you make a very good point. You know, out of all the players that we're missing, there's only three that really would have any sort of impact in this team. Um, I just, I, basically, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit confused. I, mean, I, he did start off. I mean, if you remember rightly, you know, we, we sort of, we were unbeaten for seven games. I think it was, and. Then we played Brighton, and he got his ass handed to him in a plate. I mean, that was that was typical Chelsea, wasn't it? it? Hadn't lost for seven games. Brighton hadn't won all season. We were going there with our manager, and 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 that was what was going to happen. You could have bloody put your house on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the bottom line is, if if your players are injured and they're key players, then they're going to affect the team. The one thing that you could say maybe those seven games was the residue of, of Tuchel was basically that was, they were still playing in the way that Tuchel had trained them to play. And that that's, you know, and that that's now finished. Um, and we're basically got the Potter way of playing, which there isn't one now. Or, or he hasn't drummed it into them effectively yet, or he hasn't got the players to well, make his system work, but drummed it into them irrespective of the break for the World Cup, in in what, in essence, is three months. I mean, that's pretty frightening. Well, uh, Clayton, I don't buy it. I, I'm sorry, because Tuchel came in and within two matches, 
He yeah. changed how we play, played. I mean, if you remember, we were leaking goals under Frank and he came in and he shut up shop and we just didn't yeah. let any goals in from then. He changed yeah. it and he did it instantly. That's what an elite, a good manager will do. So, you know, I don't buy this, oh, well, I haven't got the right players to play my way. Or, no, I, you know, I, I, think, I think that's right. But I, I do actually think that one of the things that Poss has got a huge problem with and this, this, I don't know how much is down to him or what have you. Okay, so let's take Mason Mount as an example. Mason Mount has had a stinker of a season, an absolute stinker. He's played well in a couple of games, but I, you know, and I, I like Mason Mount. I'm not one of these sort of twelve year old virgins in my bedroom who thinks, you know, that we should get rid of him because he's crap. Mason, I, I could accuse you of many things, Clayton, but never being a twelve year old virgin in your bedroom. Well, having one in your bedroom. <laughs> steady on, steady on, Jonathan. Anyway, I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, housewives we... Joyce you're talking about here. <laughs> the, but the bottom, the bottom my line. My reputation? Me? With my <laughs> reputation. Um, the, the bottom line is that if a player loses form as badly as Mason has, I, I don't know what a coach can do about that, you know, apart from perhaps... Play him in his right position, maybe. Well, there is that. Um but it it's it's bizarre and, and there is no rhyme or reason to anything that we've seen that you could say, oh, I can see what he's trying to do. Okay, so let's go back to last Thursday. First half, when we played really well again, oh, I say really well, we played better than Manchester City in the yeah, first half. Okay, Manchester City didn't play very well. One of the stars of that 45 minutes, bizarrely, was Havertz. And why did Havertz play well? Because it was basically after Sterling went on and Abami went off and Abamian came on, he he was the centre forward. And Kai had dropped. And Kai was fantastic. He was absolutely bossing midfield. Playing in his best position. Best position. Playing in his best position. And he looked... What he is, he's a class player. Now, you can sort of slag him off for his mentality and his lack of effort, etc. But the second half started, and I'm looking at it, and he's basically pushed him up front next to a Bamiyang. I'm thinking, what the fuck are you watching, mate? What You've just seen probably, you know, at least half an hour, the best that Kai's played since you've been in charge. And you thought, oh, I'll move him back. I'll move him somewhere else. Listen, I'm not a football manager. Well, just see. It's like yesterday, beginning of the second half, 3-0 down against the best team in the world. Let's put the only combative midfield player at right wing back. What the fuck? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? There's no pattern. There's nothing. You can't actually look. Brentford away. Just tedious. I mean, Brentford are obviously quite a good side at home. We lose Conor Gallagher after 15 minutes and the whole thing just lost shape. Now, obviously, as a, quotes elite team, you want two good players, great players for every position. We haven't got that. Not only have we not got two for every position, we haven't got one for any position. For years and years, I've been screaming about the fact that we do not have a midfield. 
we at the moment we have got a midfield which doesn't protect the defense and a midfield that creates nothing and, and never this shoots is, what never shoots and 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 this is just not being addressed and i just don't understand zacharia looks really good against manchester city he should have started on sunday now potter came out without with all these things about he was at the world cup He's, you know, the reason why I didn't he play... He fucking Silver. went home after two weeks. Exactly. He's been home a long time. And he looked like, you know, I, I think the, the the point is that we're bemoaning the fact that Zachariah is not in the team. And Zachariah, if you look, would he get into any other top team? He wouldn't. It's just the fact that everyone else at the moment is so dreadful that he looks decent, you know, and I, I, I do, I agree. Everybody's being played out of position. Everybody's being played in the wrong place. But what, what can Potter do with the fact that we bought Raheem Sterling? Not his buy, obviously. And he's just, I mean, I, 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 I've questioned why we bought him in the first place. And now that I've seen him for half a season, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be at all upset to see him go in the summer. I just well, don't. That's a good. That's a good segue, actually, Clayton. Because I've I've got a list, and I, I think I think for me, I'm gonna my my CFC UK piece is gonna be a rant about this. But I think I think we've reached this point. I think it's you know look, we are we are arguably in um, uncharted territory for. The last twenty years, perhaps, perhaps when Frank came in as manager, you could you could say that was a similar a similar thing. But you know, if if we assume that that Potter does indeed have a free pass this season, and well, let's let's just assume it because you know that's what we're being told, and and therefore it really doesn't matter what happens. And let's face it, the fucking season's over anyway, bar the Champions League. Um. So actually, this is the time where you can be quite drastic and ruthless. It's patently obvious that this team is full of people who have never been good enough, never will be good enough, are not capable of being good enough anymore, or don't want to be here. And this list, I would suggest, is as follows. Jorginho, Aubameyang, Ziyech, Pulisic, Aspie, Koulibaly, Kante... Sterling, possibly Havertz and Cucurella as well. I would, I would certainly, if I was Potter right now, I would say, do you know what? I'm not going to pick Jorginho again unless we're absolutely in the shit with injuries. I know we're absolutely in the shit with injuries, but you get what I mean. Zakaria can do a much better job as a defensive midfielder. I'm not going to play a Bamiyang again because it's fucking pointless. He doesn't want to be here. He's stinking the place out. Uh, read also Ziyech. I mean, he delivered for us a few times under Tuchel, didn't he? That brilliant goal he scored against City, and he scored a few others like that. But he's, I mean, you know, he, he doesn't want to... He scored against Brighton a good goal as That's well. right. He doesn't want to be here. Don't fucking play him if he doesn't want to be here. You could say the same, I think, about Pulisic. I mean, I'm, I'm only going on the rumours I hear, but he's always bloody injured anyway. Aspie has had a great career 
at Chelsea. He deserves to go down as an absolute legend at this club. But like Branner, he's had it, mate. He's not capable of delivering the, the kind of performances that we grew to know and love him for. I'm sorry, but his time is up. Koulibaly, unless he does a Ruder, Rudiger-esque conversion next season, is fucking hopeless. Don't pick the fucker. Kante, I'll be amazed if we ever see him play for Chelsea again, because I think he wants away. Uh, and I, I just don't, I, I just think the injuries have done for him. Cucurella, maybe being harsh, who knows? Maybe as a backup, he's good enough. Sterling couldn't get in City's side last season. I don't, I mean, he came to play for Tuchel. Tuchel's not here. I don't think he wants to be here. That leaves Havertz the great question mark. Who knows? But I mean, if you've got Zachariah, uh, Wesley Fafana, Fafana D, was it, is, it, is it Wesley? It is, isn't it? So you've got Fafana W and Fafana D. Uh, you know, you've got this striker. Play him instead of Aubameyang. Can't be worse. Um, um, you know, Hutchinson, I'd give him a go rather than Ziyech. Gallagher should be starting. Humphreys, I mean, you know, notwithstanding he got rinsed against City, but give him another go. Chaloba should be playing instead of Koulibaly. I like the look of Chaka Wukamaka. I think he's he's a player. Hall is outstanding. He's much better than Cucurella. You know, there are players there that he can... You know, if you're going to rebuild Potter, play the fucking youth. You know, why not? What have you... You've got nothing to lose. If you're here for a season... You've got nothing to lose. Frank did that, and out of that came Mason Mount and, and Reese James, for which we should be eternally grateful for God knows how long. If he gets three or four players that are capable of being Chelsea-quality players out of that lot, then he's done something bloody useful for this club, whatever happens to him. He's got nothing to lose. You know, if he doesn't... The reason this has never happened before is because they all think they're going to get the tin tack of results of shit. He's been told that's not the case anymore. Then you've got nothing to lose. Fucking play these kids and don't play these wankers. You don't want to be here. How hard can that be? The trouble is, though, is how low do you go if if they just keep losing? I don't think they will. No, but with it, with this, I know, but no, the, no, but the, I don't, if I think if he does this, I don't think they will because these kids want to play for the club, and they're, they're potentially. I mean, I think a few of them are, are good players in there. You know, all they need is to play consistently, get a few games under their belt, maybe a few wins. Their confidence will grow. I don't think that, that I don't think that will happen with them. I think if you play these fucking has-beens who don't want to be here, who are stinking the place out, I think you're right, J.K. I think they could get us relegated. None of these fuckers are up for a fight to stop us getting relegated. But the kids that I'm talking about have got the bollocks to avoid that. Has he the bollocks to do this? Well, that's to, when we find out if he's absolutely hopeless as a coach or not. And I, everybody that you, you talk to in the game say that he is not hopeless as a coach. I, what else do we have to go on? I'm not coached by him. I don't know. But if if by any chance he is has absolutely has a complete get out of jail card for the whole season, and we get relegated, and I know people once again are going to throw their hands up and they'll be ridiculous, Jonathan. But if by any chance we end up playing in a a relegation squabble coming up over the next few few months. Do we still then persist? Is everybody then just thrown out in the summer? You know, I keep mentioning the as we talked about the 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 uh, fifty years of Chelsea. Is thirteen players went out and thirteen players came in? 
Now, you know, is it, 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 that apparently is a possibility, I would have thought, with the amount of money that the that Clear Lake have got. But uh, but what kind of players are they going to be? Are they all going to be this 19, 20 year old youths um, who won't be playing in the first team and will have to find a, um, the the club set up that they create where they get opportunities to play in the first team? But in which case there will be an unbelievable number of players in the club. And, and do you just let all the other contracts run down without caring about getting rid of them? I just find it might be really difficult to get rid of some of these players because of the contracts they're on. But but do you, do you not think they'll do what they did with Ross Barkley? They'll just pay them off because it's cheaper yeah, than yeah, yeah. basically having them hanging around the club. I mean, my... I think... I mean, the whole relegation thing it, it, it is, quotes, laughable, but we're 10 points off relegation and 10 points off top four. So we're in, we're slap bang in the middle. We haven't shown any signs of improvement whatsoever. Um, and so and we, we've shown no signs of improvement and we've shown no heart. Now, obviously, this transfer window, they're going out. Um, I do understand why they're buying young players. I do understand why they bought the guy from Mulder, but he's, I mean, he didn't get a pass in the second half. He didn't get a single pass, did he? No, Absolutely he didn't get right. a single pass. I mean, the, the, they the, probably the, didn't know who he was. He kept wondering <laughs> with his hand up when positions yeah. where all you needed Hi, was a big hello. pass. There's nobody in midfield to pass to him. That's why there's nobody no. with any range Capable of pass. Of it. You know, and, and we bought this this kid in from from Monaco for not an insubstantial amount of money. Badia Shile. Why? Why have we brought him in? You know, I mean, Fafana is basically. I don't know how far away he is from fitness. You know, you spent all that money on Kudabali. You got this Levi Colwell who's at Brighton. Um, why? Why have we bought another centre half? We need midfielders. I mean, if these rumours today that we're basically getting in um, Joe Felix, I, I, I just despair. We've just employed 747 people in our sort of, you know, like our director of football and director of traffic and director of this. And, you know, head scout, deputy head scout, assistant to the deputy, deputy head scout. vice president of scouting. It's like the NHS. Hundreds of people. And they've basically been looking at this shit show and they basically think, oh, yeah, Joe Felix, that's a good idea. I mean, undoubtedly, in this transfer window, this January transfer window, Joe Felix is probably the best player out there. You know, he's 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 a quality player who's basically been destroyed by... The, the the lunatic who's Diego Simone. You know, he's an attacking player. He's a real flair player. Who is the last player in the world that we need at the moment in, in the position is another number 10. Who's going to pass him the fucking ball? <laughs> I mean, I, I basically, and I, I'm not saying that he's the answer, but I, do un, I don't understand our whole transfer thing. There's, there's a rumour at the moment that Southampton are going to buy a guy called Orsich, who basically, for about €6 million, Euros, who's at Dynamo, Dynamo Zagreb, who scored against us this year, who two or three years ago scored a fantastic hat-trick against Spurs. He knows where the onion is. We're not. Are we not even looking at somebody like that? 
I just don't understand what's going on. And it, it will take time. It will take time for these 737 backroom blokes to get their act together. But I just don't understand what's going on. And we're just spunking money like, I know it's not my money. And I know, you know, people say, oh, we shouldn't be paying this for him. We shouldn't be paying for that. We're paying too much. It's not your money. It's their money. So don't worry how much we pay. And I don't care. But I can't see that we are basically getting people in. I mean, the whole point of transfers is to get somebody in who's better than the person that's there in the first place. Who? When was the last time we did that? When was the last time... We bought a player who was better than the person that was there before them. I really can't remember. I mean, obviously, Silver. But who was it? Chilwell? Who was it? It's I don't good. know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I mean, you know, Kante? Well, Kante's the best player in the world at the time, wasn't he, in, in his position? But... You look at the forwards that we brought in. Rubbish. Mm. You look at you look at, at sort of the you look at Werner. He looked fantastic. I mean, we got Nkuku coming next year. Great. F and a cuckoo. <laughs> he might well be. <laughs> I mean, it's it's I don't know. I just I'm at a loss. I can't see any plan. I can't I I'm mean, yes, they're buying loads of kids. That's fantastic. Um, and they will benefit us in the long term, either financially or in the team. Um, I mean, we we bought this goalkeeper from America. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, but Kepa looked bang average again on on Sunday. He really did, and he was he was completely at fault for the goal against Manchester City. Um, I mean, last Thursday, on Thursday, we're going to score eventually. They really were. But that ball, I mean, he he did he he pulled his hands back when the when the cross came in. And he did the same thing about five minutes later. Maybe he was worried about handballing it. Oh god. I d I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a a whole but it's confidence, isn't it? I mean, this is a I mean, you know, let, let thinking about what's going on from a psychological point of view. Whether they're whether they're kids, which I think it, it, it is always a worry because you know throwing them, you know it's al- almost like throwing them to the wolves, isn't it? But he, but senior players too, by the looks of it. And I think we it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think we've uncovered a little bit of this doing the fifty years series, J.K. But confidence is a massively important thing in football, and you know we often say about winning being a habit and all of that. But if if you keep losing, it, it doesn't do you any good mentally, and that's what I was saying earlier on when I said, oh, you know, give these kids a chance. Get you know, they'll get a win or two, and suddenly their confidence will improve. They'll start believing in the manager in in a way that maybe older players won't, because older players like older podcasters have seen it all before, and they revert to type. You know, so I don't underestimate the the the, the effect that this has on confidence. Don't underestimate the effect that the whole upheaval in this club in the last year has had, perhaps, on a lot of these players. But, uh, you know, either way, it ain't good. I mean, look, kind of to wrap all this up, really, I think the question I would like to ask is, you know, what what right now, and I know there's a very simple answer to this, which is a fucking winchage, but what would constitute improvement in, in, a, in a more, you know, kind of uh, broader sense? J.K.? 
he selects uh, a team where players play in their correct positions, but perhaps he finds not capable of doing that while he has so many injuries. Um, uh, I, I think we need to feel confident in him as a manager, and I think the players need to feel confident in him. I'm not getting that impression at all at the moment. Um, I'm sorry, I, 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 I'm, I'm completely from the gloom and doom scenario. I, I, I think he's awful, and I think they know he's awful, and they're not playing for him. Uh, I think it's as simple as that. So, can he? Can, can I, I he? Don't see, I don't see it being turned around. Can he? Unless, can he? Can he? Or should he survive? Uh, he will survive. He'll survive until the end of the. Well, should, he'll survive. He'll survive. He shouldn't. He right, will. Yeah. He wouldn't. But I also think. Um, I think we may avoid the worst case scenario when Reese James is back, just because the players will start playing again. Should we because make Reese James the manager? <laughs> You can't, um, and I wonder whether the players will pay any attention to the manager and will just, you know, know that they'll, that they, like the, the excitement, they'll get Sterling will get in the box and Havertz will get in the box because they know that Rhys James will provide a decent centre. At the moment, they're, they're almost, it's like a group thing of deciding that nothing's going to happen, so why, why, the, why are we bothering playing? I mean, so we have seen this before. You know, this isn't seeing the players not, play anywhere near their standard isn't it, it may be down to the players because they're not they're not playing as well as they can but it is down to the environment the the way the manager is managing well, Mourinho mark two Sari yeah yeah Benitez to yeah. a degree not, not, not as much Sari because Sari some of them were playing for him because some of them sort of got it and he then you well, know Jorginho in Baku, yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of them. We won when Hazard won could him. be bothered. Yeah, and then Bath and Hazard as well. Absolutely. And when he, he couldn't be bothered, when he couldn't be bothered, position. we didn't. We didn't win. Well, because he had when he paid attention to Sarri, Hazard actually played left wing and never came in, which is what he did at Madrid ultimately, and he he didn't succeed. It, it we never it we didn't work when he was the fluid. I'll do what I want player. He, it, it, we were suddenly in the position of winning. But I'm trying to think. Yeah, so Sarri, um, Benitez, yeah. To an extent, but once again, there was a AVB. trophy at the end of the season. Uh, definitely AVB. Scolari. Definitely. Uh, Scolari as well. Yeah. But more recent times, Sarri. Frank? Uh, I think to an extent, yeah. Frank Frank towards the end. Yes, I got that impression. Some of as the well. senior yeah. players, like, you, you know, you're no manager, mate. Hey, yeah. Similar, similar players, I'm afraid. Yeah. Yeah. So. And they came in and Tuchel said, we're going to play like this and do that. And suddenly we saw the players that they are. Mm. So we're not, this is my fear that if some of these players go, that they'll play wonderfully in other clubs. Mm. Because I just think they'll play with better players. They'll play with, as I say, the example of of playing competently when Reese James is there, it will be, you know, Sterling went, goes up a level, went up a level. I mean, it, it's an interesting thing, Clayton. And, and you know, I, I keep hearing... Well, I mean, it's social media, so it's all a load of arse gravy anyway. But a lot of, oh, Tuchel, it was rubbish. Tuchel was shit. Tuchel was this. Um, I'll take you back to May the 14th. Saturday, May the 14th last year, which was the FA Cup final, where for the second time at a final, we pretty much outplayed uh, Liverpool, who were, as you may recall, challenging for four trophies at the time. And the team's the starting team was Eduard Mendy, Antonio Rudiger, Marcus Alonso, Jorginho Silva, Kovacic, Lukaku, Pulisic, 
Chaloba, Mason Mountain, Reese James. So of the current side, we've lost. I mean, Mendy's still there, but his form's dropped. Rudiger's gone. Alonso's gone. Uh, Kante's injured. He came on. Lukaku's gone, but we all know about him. Uh, Ziyech came on. Uh, Loftus Cheek came on. Barkley. I mean, you know, it, it, it's like it's not like you know we've lost most of the team, you know. But the bulk of the team that Tuchel was getting a tune out of in spite of what everybody's been saying at the beginning of the season, is still there. So, you know, we know these players in, on the whole can do it. So I don't know. But but that, that's got to be down to the manager. Hasn't it? Yeah. You know, if you've got virtually the same team. I mean, people sort of harping back and saying, oh, you know, it's a the same team as the Champions League final. Well, it's not actually because no, we've lost. Not. That's that is it definitely isn't that. You know, we've lost uh, as much as you might hate him, but we lost Christensen, we lost Rudiger, uh, we haven't seen Kante. Um, Werner. Werner's gone. I mean, that team was sensational that night. They were so good. They were just yeah, so well. It, it, it's less than a year since we saw them absolutely outplay Real Madrid in their own backyard, who then went yeah. on to win the Champions League. It's less than yeah. a year. And so, actually, the majority of that team is still with us. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's just... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's very difficult um, to... Well, it's not difficult at all, is it, really? Because, basically, you look at Unai Emery and what he's done with Aston Villa. Lose to Stevenage. A, in a, in, <laughs> in, in, a, in a similar period of time, I know, I know, I know. You know, to to uh, to Potter, and yeah, but that's because he dicked about with a cup and played a, yeah, a reserve exactly. instead of playing the first team. You know, but he's basically since he's gone in there, he's taken over from Gerard and he's completely transformed that team, and that that is an elite manager. Yeah. And yeah, what yeah. we've got is not an he's not an elite manager, no. em- not em- yet, not yet. Em- Emery is actually because his track record says so. I mean, he he won yeah. he's won the Europa Cup more than anybody else. Was getting severe no. into the final under very low resources all the time. I, I, I mean, he, he fucked up at Arsenal, but I think anybody would have done after Wenger. I think he had an impossible. That was impossible. Yeah. Absolutely impossible. Yeah. All right, we haven't got any answers. We'll keep trying. We'll keep plugging away. Uh, but anyway, what I can tell you is that um, if the football's shit on Sunday, don't worry, because we are going to promise you some massive fun right after the Palace match, because we've got another one of our Chelsea fancast presents live at the Troubadour. And this Sunday, we've got my old mucker, Mr. Jason Cundy, uh, who will be our special guest. Friend of the show. Question, who has been on the show uh, every week since about 2012, 2010 even? The answer is Jason Cundy, because he's always in the stings. He's been on more than me and JK. Uh, he's a good old mate. He played 58 times for Chelsea between 1990 and 92, scoring goals, two, two goals, two wonderful goals. He broke through from the academy. He watched Chelsea from the terraces as a boy. He's absolute proper Chelsea. He was Chelsea's Young Player of the Year in 1987. Uh, and I, re- I seem to recall that we, we labelled him the club's best youth product since Ray Wilkins. He even played for England under-21s. 
three times. He scored a goal for them too. So, you know, Cundy's got some Chelsea credentials. Of course, more recently, he's uh, much better known uh, for uh, becoming what I would say a rather accomplished pundit for Chelsea TV and TalkSport. I love the fact that on TalkSport he defends Chelsea against a tsunami of red-tinted pundits and broadcasters. Um, he's an absolutely lovely chap, very entertaining and informative. He's close to the club, obviously, because he works for Chelsea TV. He also, he did a bit of uh, coaching there in the academy back in the day as well. So it will be massively entertaining and a lot of fun. Um, apart from that, I mean, the Troubadour, as these boys will tell you, is just a great venue. I mean, they're great fun, aren't they, J.K.? There's only about fifty people there. You have a few drinks. Yeah, it's it's a terrific afternoon. Really recommended, yeah. and you get a lot out of the. Uh, the old pros, you get a lot out of them because they're willing to talk and uh, some very uh, some good questions given to them as well. It's a very intimate environment. It's really worth coming to. It really, really is. So, I mean, you know, we'll be talking about the Palace match, obviously, and uh, and everything else, Chelsea. And, you know, you can have a big Q&A with, uh, with, with, with Jason. I mean, JK and I don't say much, really. We, we leave it to you to talk to, to Cundy or whoever the guest is. And that's what the beauty of it is. So do come along. As I said, there's only about 50 tickets on sale. So they'll, they are going fast. So you've got a week left to get your ticket. Please do. Uh, apart from all that, it's a great uh, chance to meet up with us, have a bit of a post-match drink and a natter, uh, because most of the fancast team will turn up. Now, tickets are 20 quid. They're available at ticketweb.uk. The doors will be open at four. Uh, obviously, the game will be finished by about then. Uh, we'll be kicking off at 4.30, give you a chance to get down there. Uh, so there we go. That's this Sunday after the Palace match. Do not miss it. It will be great fun. Uh, we look forward to seeing you all there. Now, I got a message from a certain young lady, uh, the name of which is Alexandra Churchill. And she said, Chidge, 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 can you plug my... Chelsea First World War Battlefield Tour, and I said I would be delighted to. Uh, it's happening in July. It'll be three nights in France and Belgium. There will be lots of beer and chocolate, my kind of trip. Uh, it's perfect for beginners or people who, or even people who've been before, like me. Uh, There's scope to add stops for family members. Um, JK didn't turn up. Me and Tony Glover did turn up when she did this a few years back. It was brilliant. I mean, if you love football, love Chelsea and drinking... And history, it's a wonderful combination, particularly if you like the First World War. Alex is brilliant at this, as is Andrew Holmes, another big Chelsea fan who some of you may know. And uh, Mr. Mister Dyer as well. Johnny Dyer will be there, the Kaiser himself. Uh, he's usually on these too. So uh, if you want to have a, a great trip and have a bit of history and a bit of Chelsea fun, July on the First World War Battlefield Tour. Uh, more information is available on www.historiatravel.org. That's I-S-T-O-R-I-A travel.org or at Historia Travel on Twitter. Now, Alex will be on the show on Friday, the 20th of January, so I will get her to talk about it uh, then as well. But uh, do you have a think about that? As I said, I went. It was brilliant fun. We'll be back for part three very soon. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? 
Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stamford Chidge, and I'm joined by the banana-eating Jonathan Kidd. I say. I say. Behave. And the absolutely delightful Mr. Clayton Beerman. Yo, yo, yo. He's not eating a banana, but I still love him anyway. Right. I'm eating a purple quality streak. Are you? I, yeah, I've got a few quality streak left after Christmas. I like them. The purple ones are the mm. best, aren't they? Yeah. I like the fudge ones best myself. Mm. Uh, right, we've got emails to read, JK. Uh, so put your banana away. That was an invitation for a gag there, but uh, clearly missed by both of you. Uh, our first one is from the lovely Ian Wood. Ian says, Greeting, pop pickers. Oh, not half. Please delete as appropriate. Number one, hi, so great listening to the new presenter on your last show. It's really refreshed things. Or, hi, so glad you're back, Stamford. The guy who <laughs> did the last one was so fucking wooden. That's a bit unfair, isn't no, it? No, he wasn't really. He was great. What are you talking about? I, I digress already. So strange times at our club. We've had plenty of strange times before. Here's my thinking. I really want our American owners to fail. <laughs> I want a sequence of yet more bizarre decisions, crazy statements and wasteful transfers all to fail in making us successful Mm. until the true fans rebel and we get to stop our club becoming a corporate investment toy. I'm also happy to be proved utterly wrong. (laughs) Fancy a one pound bet which way it'll head. Kind regards, Ian Wood. (laughs) <laughs> that's a brilliant that's a fucking cry I hadn't read that that's brilliant um, I have no idea Ian it's brilliant though and uh, well I'll tell you what it, it's Chelsea mate a- any of those any of those could could happen couldn't they JK yeah. yeah yeah. I like the fact that he set it up by saying that um, Dean was great and then he was shit and then saying any of these things could happen should we have a one pound bet on what she really meant yeah yeah 
We ought yeah. to. I think Dean was great, as as you well know. I've mentioned it many times tonight. Right, uh, this is from our wonderful chum, uh, the lovely Loz Barnes, who is a, an absolute bastion of the Discord group. Uh, bastion. A bastion. bastion. He's a bastion. He, we should call him Sebastian, in fact. We should. Sebastian. Loz says, Dear Chidge, uh, Lord Privy Seal Kid and assorted oh. guests, uh, thanks as always for being the best fancast that doesn't draft uh, in so-called exports. Hang on, should I try that again? Thanks, as always, for being the best fan cast that doesn't draft in so-called experts, but is a voice for fans. I totally agree. There is nobody ever on this show who is expert in anything other than talking non-stop. That's us. That's what we do. Um, often imitated, never bettered. Arse kissing done. Let's move on. I love that. Let's just write that in every week and that'll be enough. Uh, so I listened to the other night as Dean tried to wrestle JK as he found just how big Chidge's shoes are. Don't give in, Dean. It's a skill that takes years to develop, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, it is. Ha- ha- you know, basically handling JK is like being a-, a wrangler on a film. For those of you who know what I'm talking about, JK does, you'll get that. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I-, I do want to offer some thoughts on holding our nerve right now and not turning into Arsenal Fan TV three years ago. Us legacy fans have been have seen way worse, so let's be a beacon of calm for those who have only lived 20 years of silverware. Uh, we've all, over the last five years, called for a project. Now we get one and try and take uh, take try to take Potter out at the knees as the most public face of said project. It's bollocks. I coached for 20-odd years and have a B licence and a few trophies won over the years. So as JK puts on his ref's hat, let me put a coach's perspective on what Potter is dealing with. Injuries. Reese, Chile and Fafana at the back, Kante in the middle and Brozier up front. You can argue that three out of four of your starting four at the back, your best defensive mid and the only striker bar ger- a geriatric Oba, who TT wanted desperately for the TT cult that I'm tired of. He's gone. Let's move on. Uh, poor parts to patch your team up. Let's take the right side. We have Dave, who's lost five yards, and in Sterling, a winger who can't hold the ball up and does fuck all defending. This further highlights Dave's weaknesses and opposition coaches have targeted that weakness. I agree, Laws. Then don't fucking play them. Potter is being killed for playing the experienced players. But without support for the project, how do we expect him to risk Hall, Amari and the like? Well, he has got support for the project. That's the point. We don't think he's going anywhere. Potter had, which is why I think he should do it. As I said earlier on, Potter had a break, but the guts of his squad were at a World Cup. Again, what can he do during that time with 15 plus? Yeah, absolutely. He isn't Jose. His pressers are dull. But that isn't how a coach builds a team. Yes, TT, who had been at top clubs and developed his approaches to media, was better. But his football wasn't with it, with this group for six months plus before Potter came in. Um, I dis- Well, I mean, you can argue about the aesthetics of the football, of course. But I, I, it was damn sight more effective, as I said again earlier on. We were, in, we were competing. We were in finals. That's competing. The coach is only as good as the team recruiting talent. Todd did a shit job alongside TT. Sorry for those who can only see a halo on TT. Facts, he were, he was involved in buying Sterling. Wrong call. Ober, wrong call. KT, wrong call. I can't disagree with that. But I wonder where his head was during the transfer window, really. But uh, Potter's being, uh, Potter is being asked to make a silk purse. Uh, asked, I think, not arse. Potter is being asked to make a silk purse out of a sow's arse. 
Or it could be Potter is being asked to make a silk purse out of a sow's ask. I don't know. Take your pick. I have a bet on it. Both later. work. Both work. Both work, yeah. Uh, also, it was Frank. If it was Frank, would we be looking at this the same way? No, we wouldn't. And that's why I said I think Potter has to adopt the same attitude because I think he would get a pass. Frank got a pass because, in, in part, okay, he was Frank. Ha, no pun intended. Uh, but he was Lampard. So he was always going to get a pass, but he also played the youth and we knew that he had no choice. And I think, you know, Potter could use playing the youth to his advantage because so many of the, the match going fans certainly really believe in that because they grew up with that. And if, if he was seen to really just back the youth and play them, I think he would get a, a, a pass from the from the supporters as well. And I think he needs them on, on his side. I think that's the, the only way I think he can do it anyway. To start talking relegation is simply the kind of stuff I expect from Sky Sports or The Sun. Or me. Or JK, exactly. We're at the start of a window. Have a staff team in place now. Let's let this play out a bit and offer constructive criticism in the meantime. Well, we, I mean, JK is JK. He is emotional. He loves this club. I mean, he puts me to shame. I mean, his devotion to this club makes me look like the fucking plastic Johnny come lately. I really am. You know, so you're going to get that from JK, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. As a show, I think we do try and be constructive. We will, we will tell it as we see it. We will criticise when we feel it's valid, and we will praise when we feel it's valid. And I, I think, think we've just pursued one aspect. I don't know. I, th- I think Loz knows that. I know Loz well enough to know that he 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 knows that. The only area where, as a coach, I think Potter is failing is the lack of roll up the sleeves and fight. But is that him or the modern footballer? After all, Pulisic, Kai and Ziyech all, <clears throat> all didn't go to the fans of Forest. That says so much. Couldn't agree more, Loz. We lack a captain a la Keane or Terry who can rally a team. We were saying this earlier. We need Declan to be the new JT, harness Mace, Reese, Connor and Hall and Levi and rebuild the spirit we see in Emma's team. And it come, I think that's a, absolutely bang on. In the meantime, I will support Potter because he is the man running the show. And that's what being a supporter is about. And while I doubt Todd will ever be uh, Roman, well, if he gets Deck and Enzo, I for one see the seeds of the next great side. Valid points. Uh, I will take Potter over Ken Shalito, Danny Blanchflower, Avram Grant and the other assorted bad fits in the job I have lived through. And you didn't even mention Jeff Hurst? Uh, but there you go. I'll forgive you for that, Laws. Telford United's Jeff Hurst. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion Potter will be the coach that lived. I like that. That's that's quite clever. Uh, cheers to 2023 and Chelsea boiling piss as always. Up the Chelsea, Laws. Up the Chelsea to you too, Laws. I hope you're well, buddy. I always enjoy talking to you in Mick in uh, di- uh, discord get it right jk andrew davies could you could you call it dick sword if you uh, dick sword yeah i will you, from now on yes if you <laughs> put mixer and mixer and yeah. and <laughs> <Sword> together. <Yes. laughs> brilliant <laughs> uh andrew davies hi gang wanted to send a quick mail to thank you for the Chelsea preview show, which rightly turned into a tribute to the great Gianluca. I'm similar to... It'd be bad if I could only speak like this, wouldn't it? I'm similar to Martin. I'm similar to Martin in the sense he's the first player from the Chelsea team of my formative years, first few years supporting the club to have passed away. Along with Rude, he was the first of my Chelsea heroes. Rude was a wonderful player. 
Sorry, just going to slip that in. This podcast has previously noted that your first heroes at the club are never really surpassed by subsequent legends. My first hero was Frank Blunston. <clears throat> and that's 100% true for me. I'm privileged to say I saw the great man in the flesh many times and I've belted out his name from the stands more times than I care to admit. Yesterday's news really was a hammer blow whilst things really didn't look good for him in recent weeks. You just prayed for good news and never considered the inevitable. The words that J.K. Lovelly and expertly read out about Luca's unwanted travel companion had me in tears when reading them yesterday and again when listening to the fancast today, Saturday. They were great, weren't they, Andrew? I absolutely agree. It's at times like these I regret living so far away from the bridge, 150 miles away along the M4. You want to be able to just gravitate towards the bridge in collective grief to share the moment with like-minded friends, but the fan cast serves as a noble alternative. What a great word, noble, yes. And as when times are good or bad, it's cathartic to listen to. I do hope I'm able to attend any memorial event the club will surely put on, yeah, they, they will, I'm sure, for a wonderful man who got exactly what it meant to be Chelsea. Up the Chelsea, rest in peace, Gianluca. Cheers, Andrew. Very... Uh, lovely mail. Lovely. Yeah, very, very well put, well timed. I mean... I felt I felt like you did, Andrew. I felt I felt very apart from it all because, of course, I was sunning myself in Lanzarote last week when it happened, and I just luckily happened to be fanning about my phone when the news broke. So I actually was aware that it had happened, but I, I just felt very removed and distant from you all. And I agree. I listened to the the fan cast live on Mixler on Friday night, and and they did a great job in bringing us all together, which is exactly what this show does um i i I didn't get a chance to make a tribute about uh luca i'll 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 do so very quickly now but like so many of you i mean i knew about viali well before he came to the bridge because he was he was such a fantastic striker and i was so excited when he came because i love number nines and i loved him particularly before he came to Stamford bridge and he never disappointed me once because he's still got the best movement of a striker i've ever seen play at Stamford bridge we talk about it so many times when we were doing the 50 years show about his ability to shoot quickly and on site. And it was a real thing to see, but his hunger and zest for the game shone through. And, and he, he, I wouldn't say he made me fall in love with Chelsea again. I was all very, already very besotted, but it, it happened to coincide with the time when I came back to London. And uh, it, it really, I think he was, I said, I said in my Twitter thing, you know, he was part of the blue revolution and he really, really was, you know, he, he made, you know, we, we started to be sexy. We started to be, you know, a team that were taken seriously again. And I, I think that was as much down to, to Luca as it was to Rude Hullet. Uh, and, and, and he got the club. He absolutely got, got the club. And there's so many great stories about what Dennis Wise was like and getting him to talk English in a funny way and the chaps and all of that. And I, I love the fact that he gave the team, everybody had a glass of champagne before his first match, which was the League Cup semi-final against Arsenal. Um, just a lovely, lovely man. It was absolutely just so filthily sad uh, that he's gone. I mean, a, a year older than me, for fuck's sake. Anyway, uh, Clayton, like you, you didn't get a chance on Friday because you weren't on the show. Do you want to ha- add a little thing about Luca? It's it's a bit difficult, really, because you know it's uh, every, everything that's been said. As, as you know, I, I'm not, I can't really add anything unique to all the all the great stuff that's been said, apart from the fact that you know. Love the guy. Um, 
even sort of after he'd left us and and like you was was absolutely bowled over when he joined us because he was he was a massive name I, I, I you know it's a, it's a contrast isn't it that Jao Felix one of the best one you know best young players in the world is on the verge of joining us on loan and we're all bitching and moaning <laughs> you know when when Gianluca joined us it was like oh my god you know one of the greatest strikers ever is going to be playing for Chelsea um, and he was, he was an absolute delight and he, he was brilliant and, and sort of over the last sort of couple of days I've shown my son like YouTubes of the goals he scored and, and you forget how, how clinical he was, how brilliant he was. Um, and I, I, unfortunately, I, I never met him, but I just, to hear all the things that have been said about him this week just shows what a, obviously a, a tremendous guy he was and sorely missed and he will be, um, he will be applauded to the heavens on uh, on Sunday. He will, and it'd be a nice chance to go and uh, I should try to bring something along on Sunday to to lay. At, I think the the trust are going to be laying a wreath, so I should probably be involved in that. We did with uh, with Ray Wilkins. Um, I think the the other touching thing that, that that absolutely hit the right note was from the lovely Danny Finkelstein, who wrote a, a an obit in the Times. Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah, and he got it absolutely bang on because it really made me think, actually, because I, I've got to meet and got to know, and amazingly, many have become really good friends of mine, a lot of ex-players from the past. I never met Luca. I never, ever got to meet him. There are no selfies there with Chidge, age 10. And mind you, in 10, I would have been, it would have been 1975, so well before Luca. But there are no pictures of me with Luca around. I never met him, never got to speak to him. And as Danny Finkelstein said, you, it didn't matter if you'd never met Luca because you felt you knew him really well. I, 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 just, I just thought it was a brilliant piece of writing. Yeah. Well, he, he was bang on. I felt I really knew Luca. I, I felt I knew all about him and what he was like and what a lovely man. It just You just felt you knew him. And I'd never met him, and and I felt like that. So well done, Danny, because I, I thought you absolutely hit the mark with that. Uh, moving on, uh, more Luca uh, tributes in a way. This is from our great mate George Spencer. And George, thank you for your tweet the other day. I was sunning myself in Lanzarote on Saturday, so I couldn't see Winchester City play in the cup. Uh, if I think you were playing in the cup anyway. Did Chigi J.K. and the gang on this most inauspicious occasion? Firstly, I must take a moment to reflect on the passing of Gianluca Vialli. 58 is no age, and the impact he left on the, at the club can never be understated. However, the way we played on Sunday was no way to honour him. Quite right. There was no fight, no desire to win, and no effort. It was the football equivalent of showing up to work and spending all day surfing the internet. That's a brilliant way of putting it. <laughs> Why we didn't start with Zachariah, Chukawameka, and Hutchinson is an absolute mystery that even Sherlock Holmes wouldn't be able to solve. This is even worse when compared to Winchester City's performance on Saturday, where they went down 2-1 at Metropolitan Police, but might have snatched a result had the referee not been Gene Hunt. <laughs> Brilliant. I did, <laughs> I did mention a potential double-header. Double, oh, right, OK, so, oh, right, I'm with you. OK, I got the... I, I was on holiday, mate, so I got it wrong. I did mention a potential double-header on the 21st of the Liverpool game at Alfie's, followed by Winchester versus Yates, but I can't see us turning up at Anfield either. Still, it could be worse. Newcastle went down at Sheffield Wednesday. Aston Villa went down at home to Stevenage and, and at Fleetwood. Go by train, go by car, go and laugh at QPR. 
At least our fans out sang theirs for 90 minutes. That's not difficult. A popular Winchester chant at away games is, is this the Etihad? Brilliant. So there's no need for an equivalent to Arsenal's Ashburton Army. To quote a person on Twitter, if Chelsea ever have an equivalent, I hope they all arrive at Earl's Court, bang their drums loud, get towards the bridge and fuck right off down the road to Fulham. <laughs> Speaking of Fulham, they probably fancy their chances. I suspect every Waitrose and M&S in Putney will be fresh out of Prosecco on Friday. Love it, George. You're on fire tonight, my friend. I will sign off this email by remembering that when the ball hit the back of the old Trafford net, that's Viali. Uh, it was indeed. George Spencer. Brilliant email, George. And I, uh, 21st, I, I, yeah, I, I might well be available for that. We will get in touch nearer the time. All right? Lovely. Final email, and it's a doozy, JK. It's from the lovely Brian Wolf. Brian. Hello, my friends. I want to compliment you all on the Friday night preview show ahead of the Forest match. You both, along with Martin and Adam, had the most rational, intelligent and enjoyable conversation on the new ownership that I've heard anywhere. Isn't it amazing what happens when we leave Twitter out of it? I just want to add my personal perspective. People can make of it what they will. I will start with Bedad's interview with Sportico and by extension, Todd's interview at the SALT conference, which I mentioned earlier, a few months ago, both of which I know riled up some supporters who feel as if they're not being talked to directly. As someone who's been privileged to have more information than most, I 100% understand and empathise if these interviews have upset you. Ownership beyond Fink should be talking directly to the supporters more. Perhaps this is their effort to do so, but it's not come across that way. I'll point out, though, we're getting more information than the previous ownership and board. They never spoke. They sent Tuchel out to the Wolves every press conference for three months to deal with questions of sanctions, politics and morality, rather than answer themselves. Very true. It was cowardly. And on other fronts, we've seen in real time a shift in communication strategy as the club now seems much more open to communicate updates via the website rather than through leaks to the press, many of whom are in tatters without them. I do see more proactive sharing of information at many levels. Some comments also compared what we'd won under Roman versus nothing under Burley. The trophies don't lie but the new owners deserve some time to match. It took us 18 months to win under Abramovich. Would it be fair to give the new owners the same time? Perhaps it's also fair to acknowledge that had Romans sacked Claudio in 2003, we may have been PL and European champions. As always, varying points of view. A very good point, that. Very good indeed. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I reckon we would have been. Anyway, what I will say is I'm confident that as a club, we're moving in the right direction to create a longer lasting success and satisfaction for supporters. <clears throat> Porto, albeit magnificent, papered over cracks. <clears throat> the reality is we're going on six years without competing for a title. The longest such period this millennium. We've been miles off the pace. We've lost our fi last five domestic cup finals, whereas previously... Our heroics in them were part of our DNA. We all complained about the chop-changing strategy. I'll have lamb. No, I want beef. And that things had to change. It could have been under the old owner, but doubtful. In my opinion, 
we did three great things during his tenure. Win trophies, the Chelsea Foundation, and creating the elite Chelsea brand stroke standard that exists today. Enabling competent football experts was not one of them. I'm excited that ownership is bringing in actual football people to modernize operations. I feel an expert-led strategy has been the massive miss over the past decade, while other clubs executing on it have passed us by. I don't think it's a surprise the top two clubs in recent season have employed managers long-term, supported by the proper invest investments in development. In the end, the people we hire may not be the right people for these jobs, but it's the right approach. On a more personal level, I'm excited by the developments for supporters. As you may have heard, the SLO is stepping down with a new approach to be taken to that role. This has been a long time call from many supporters calling for the role to be changed or made independent. This follows a drop in announced Westview ticket prices ahead of the new season, stadium improvements and numerous other measures, though the, the prices went up again for the uh, Champions League, didn't they, uh, on Westview, I think. Is that right? Anyway, uh, I think this shows we're being listened to, but now with the difference that action is actually taken. For a decade now, I've had the opportunity to work with multiple departments at Chelsea on a variety of projects. There are good people there, some who even care. Some projects have been successful, but to be brutally honest, if I were to count the number of horror stories on my fingers and toes, I would need new hands and feet. Getting the simplest of things done has been ridiculously hard at best, impossible at worst. It's refreshing to now be able to go straight to a stakeholder and have something done that is both obvious and important in its benefits to supporters, or to correct something that needs attention. Chidge knows what I'm talking about. Good ideas and discussion seem to be flowing again. And I'm hopeful that's a sign of things to come. I know many are frustrated with results. We all are. I know many will see some of what I've said as token gestures or lip service. Again, not trying to convince you otherwise, but only to provide my unique perspective. Last, on the subject of Potter. I do think it's a simple binary decision on whether or not to back him. If we sack him, we give in to what we've always done albeit successful, but proven to be with diminishing returns more and more. If we keep him, it may be difficult now, but we aspire to build something like the clubs we're chasing at the top. The latter may be full of challenge, but it's a direction we have all moaned we have wanted for years. I know many are frustrated with results. We all are. I know many will see some of what I've said as token gestures or lip service. Again, not trying to convince you otherwise, but only to provide my unique perspective. On all parts, if any of you want to contact me on Twitter to discuss any ideas, please do. I take them directly to the club or tell you why I can't. We're all in this together and I hope everyone has had a pleasant start to the new year. And I look forward to seeing many in person come April. Brian Wolfe. Now, can I just say that uh, one thing you mentioned was was giving Potter a go there, which, and I wonder with, given the structure that there exists, but I wonder whether this structure exists with being as it is, this 
data-driven and a new approach and um, doing what the club haven't done for 20 years, but getting a different manager. I wonder that whether that still fits in, because my fear is that they will stay with him just because they've appointed him and, and he's, he's just not good enough. And, and I know you're supposed to be giving him an opportunity to be good enough, but is this supposed to be a learning curve for him as well? Because um, how long do you give him in the learning curve if the results still don't improve, despite everything being in place for him? So, well, it's a bit uh, like giving somebody who's just learned how to drive the keys to a Formula One car, isn't it? You could use that as a as a as an image. Yeah. I, I think. Look, I just want to say, fucking hell, Brian, that was a hell of an email. Great letter, great letter, by the way. Yeah, great email. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, talk about intelligent, sensible, informed, well, and, and considered. I I don't think we've ever had a better email. In fact, Brian, I mean, I know you'll get in touch with me because you'll hear this, but. I'd very much like to publish that on the Chelsea Fancast website if I have your permission so to do, because I do think it needs wider readership. Um, so it's, it was excellent. And, and I have to say, I, I, I know you very well. Brian, for those that don't know, is the overseas representative on the Fans Forum. And he worked very closely with the Chelsea Supporters Trust uh, during the uh, bidding process, because, of course, he's based in Chicago. So, he, 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 you know, it was easy for him to have knowledge about a lot of the bidders, etc., etc. So he's very well informed, very close to what's going on and has a huge impact, uh, you know, in terms of getting supporters views to the club. So and he's also a fucking fantastic bloke. He does all the banners. Uh, well, not all the banners, but a lot of the banners. He 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 was the guy who helped me design the uh, Kerry Dixon banner, for example, and he's helped Jonathan with the Aspie one and others as well. So Brian is about as Chelsea as you get. But that's a brilliant email. On on Potter, I mean, you know, I I think I think it was Clayton who said it earlier that we might be you know with a Bates O'Neill thing here, and we might go through some abject shit. If you if you remember, we nearly got put into the third division which would have ended us under John Neal and then he got rid of all the useless old players and and got these new guys in and it all hummed the next season you never know it might we might be in that place again I have to say my own view is you know if you if you're going to try and emulate what uh Liverpool did to a degree and City are doing Newcastle. I mean, it's so difficult, isn't it? I mean, my guts tell me that you put in a guy who is experienced, who's, who's proven how to do this before. Pep's the best manager in the world. Klopp was 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 proven before he went to Liverpool. And yet, look at Eddie Howe at Newcastle, although they don't have the expectations on them like we do as, as a club. And I mean, look at Arteta at Arsenal. I mean, Arteta was completely unproven when he went to Arsenal. You know, he'd never managed a club of that size. He'd worked with Pep at City and that was it. And he was shit for the first year and they hated him and wanted him out and he's proven. I, it's just impossible to know. It really, really is. Uh, Clayton, what, what do you have to say on all of that? I think we're stuck between Devil and Deep Blue Sea, as they say. I can't... Um, uh, yeah, fantastic email. Um, I I just don't know. I mean, I think I think the biggest thing with Potter... Is if we get rid of him, who's coming in? No, exactly. Well, it'll be Pochettino, we've won't got, it? We've we've gone through everybody. Nobody wants Pochettino. Um, Zidane, I think, would be a, a, an disaster. Absolute disaster. I'd have Deschamps, but he's just signed up to France. Would you? Yeah, I would because 
I mean, he's clearly a very good manager, and he proved that with Monaco, and I think he was, I can't remember where else he was. Clearly, France, you and I could do a good job there. Um, but he's, he played for Chelsea, so there's a link there. He gets the culture to a degree. Um, you know, but the, he, he would be my preferred candidate. Simeone can get to fuck. Um, there's not many others out there, are there? Jose Mark III. No way. No, not, <laughs> no way, no way, no way. No, never again. Sorry, but no. Well, ma- well, maybe our, our guys will bring in a baseball manager. I mean, I don't, I've... Ted I've Lasso! Got, yeah, I've got no idea. I, ju- I just think that we are where we are, which is not in a particularly good place. I don't think... I know that they say the only thing that we can win is the Champions League. We won't win the Champions League. Um, but it will be quite... I, I just I'd give him the season. I'd give him till the end of the season. And if we're basically doing different things and we look slightly better by you know the end of that season, then then great. If we look absolute shite and we basically he obviously has because he would have had what nine months by then. If he hasn't turned it around in nine months, then everybody shakes hands and says thanks very much, but no thanks, and, and we go again. Well, I, I still think if he wants to survive, he needs to do what I told him: is not play the, the not play the uh, you know the want aways and the the has beens. Put the kids in instead. You get a free pass. He'll get the supporters on his side if he does that. And we, we at the very least, we might get two or three brilliant players who'll be here for a long time for us. But they will get better. They will improve. They proved it under Frank, and I think we can do the same. People seem to forget. I mean, people like Tammy Abraham gets a lot of shit. He's better than the fucking strikers we've got now, statistically, let alone in any other way. Will they improve in the championship? Well, no, but they won't be there, Jonathan. I've told you that. I said if you play the kids, you won't end up in the championship because they'll have the hunger and the fight and the determination to get you out of that. Whereas the seniors will just say, well, we don't care because we're going to, you know, we, we don't care because we're going to be somewhere else next season. You know, they'll have no fight. They, they, I, I really don't think we'll get relegated, period. But I think if you carry on playing these players, you consistently fail us. We could do. It could be a good way of having a clear out. And I'm sure they've got things in their contract that say that they went down to the They're fucking there. going anyway. And they'll go sooner if he doesn't play them. Right? Don't play the fuckers. Diet was leaving next week. But lo and behold, he's, he's played twice. Yeah, now, so. don't play them. Say, I would say to them, okay, this is it. You're not in my plans. You're not playing for this club again unless, you know, something absolutely appalling happens like like 25 players are injured. You're not playing. So you can have your money and then fuck off. You know, that's how you deal with player power. Anyway, now we've got to deal with the next game, which we'll be doing that after this break. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. This is the Chelsea Fancast. The uh, uh, the two and a half hours on the home service where we moan about Chelsea. And uh, I'm joined in my moaning by the lovely Jonathan Kidd. Oh, it's me. And uh, the housewife's choice, which is Mr. Clayton Beerman OBE. Hello. 
Anyway, we've got a game to preview. Whoop-dee-doo! It's against those wankers down the road, Fulham, who hate Chelsea. Oh, God, I'm really not looking forward to this. Annoyingly, I had a ticket for this, thanks to the wonderful Bobby D, who was over here when the game was postponed and therefore had to go back to Australia and couldn't go. And he offered me the ticket. And I said, yeah, baby, I'd love to go. And then they put it on a Thursday night when I can't go. Anyway, Mark's got my ticket, so... Uh, somebody will be going. Thanks, Bobby D, for sorting that out, by the way. Right, as always, where do we start with the preview of the game? We start with the Chidge team selection. And I can tell you that this is the Chidge team selection that he would like to see. It will not be the one that Potter picks. I will put money on that happening. But this is what I would pick. I would pick Kepper in goal, in spite of what Clayton says. We don't really have much options, really. Uh, uh Lewis Hall starts on the left. I would play Badashile. Give him a debut. Don't play Koulibaly. He's crap. Silver comes back, obviously. Trevo can do a job at right back. He's certainly more mobile, faster and effective than Aspie. Midfield. Zakaria in for Jorginho. I think he can do a job. Kovacic. I still think there's a player in there, you know. I think... I still believe there is a player in there. He's played for well for us in the past. I think I think he can still do it. So Kovacic plays in the right. Chuck Wameka plays on the left. I think there's definitely a player with old Chucky. I mean, the other thing about those three, all three of them can get forward and have a pop. I mean, we know Kovacic couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo, but Zakaria can have a pop. Chuck Wameka hit the post against City. I mean, he can... So, you know, at least there are more forward-going options with those three, as well as the ability to clatter people in a tackle. Um, I'm inclined to play this 4-3-2-1, but it could equally be a 4-3-3. But I would have Mount in, in what is more his, you know, more effective position uh, on the left of the three. Gallagher on the right of the three. And I would play Fafana D. Why not? What have we got to lose? We know Aubameyang is shit. Havertz turns it in when he fancies it and verbally doesn't. Who else have we got to play up there? Nobody. Play for Farna D. See what he can do. Uh, there we go. My case rests, my lud. Um, I love it, Chidge. Okay, it won't happen, I know. but Nah. 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 Cucurella plays. <laughs> Go on, what's, give Kula me Bally. give me the Potter version then. Yeah, Cucurella. Yep. Ula Bally. Yep. Silver. Yep. Dave. Yep. Um, J five. Yep. Kovacic. Yep. Um. Uh, Mount. Mount. Yes, yep. absolutely. Yep. Uh, Havertz. Yep. Uh, Zayek. Yep. And um. A another. He's always very good, old AN. Um, when Pulisic is injured, Sterling yeah, is injured. injured. Ziyech. Yeah, yeah. No, I said Ziyech. I mentioned him earlier. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Bamiyang. You'll play Bamiyang. Okay. Right. No, no Havertz? Yeah, no Havertz. I mentioned Havertz. I think you'll play Havertz as so well. So who, 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 who are the front three? Havertz, Bamiyang, and... Um, Ziyech. And Ziyech, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you could be right. Clayton? Calico won't get in. No, no. Clayton? Uh, I'm just looking at your team. I don't think Badashil will start. Uh, I think he'll play Kudabali. And I think he'll play um, 
Kukurella instead of Hall. Uh, I think Zakaria and Kovacic will start. I'm not 100% sure that Chaka Wumba will. Um, I don't know who I've... Do- Maybe Gallagher, I don't know. Um, I think he'll play Aubameyang and I think he will play Mount and... No Havertz or Ziyech, but it didn't really matter because neither one of them will turn up. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't know. And, and and the thing is that Fulham will absolutely kill us in midfield. There's absolutely no doubt about it. They'll swarm all over our, our midfield. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'll be very happy with the point at this moment in time. Will they, will they kill us in midfield if we played Chukawakamaka, Zakaria and Kovacic? Yes. Why? <laughs> Seriously, why? Because they will. Because basically, um, they'll play more players in midfield. That's that's where we always seem to to sort of miss a trick or just not actually understand. And I never understand this. We, we'll go into a game with two or three midfielders and the other team will have four or five and we won't get a minute on the ball. And we don't seem to work out how to change that and i you know i don't know that, i mean basically that they they will give us a tough game because when you watch fulham play it's all about energy it's all about you know they're swarming all over the pitch they're fighting for the shirt they're running around our mob aren't so that's why you know we're in trouble the crowd will be up for it i mean listen it it would be absolutely great to win can you see it? Can you see us winning a game? Can you see us actually scoring a goal? No. Two shots we had in the whole of the game against City at the weekend. Two towards the end. I don't know if you saw it, but I posted a deck chair on uh, Twitter on s- Sunday night as the prerequisite piece of equipment for any goalkeeper facing Chelsea. I mean, basically, I th- we didn't have a shot on target against City in the cup and we didn't have one in the second half of the, of the league game. We create nothing. We, 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 there is no threat there. That's true. But I still think my side would do a better job than, than what Potter's like to pick. I mean, Fulham play. Fulham play. Gallagher play. Yeah. I really would. Yeah. In his, pro- in his proper position well, behind, we, the, behind the front too. Well, I mean, there is an alternative here that I that I, I didn't share with you, but um, there is also a case. If you want to broadly play the kind of players that I'm talking about and you want to play Mount and Gallagher in your, in your best position, you could play a 4-2-3-1, you know. Um, you know, is he is he best behind a two? Well, that's that's a. That's a I mean, he kind. Of, I'm kind of doing. I'm saying four three two one, but you could play four two three one, which and I would probably have Zakaria and Kovacic uh, as the two, and you get you get kind of, you know, Mountain Gallagher in the three, uh, behind whoever is, uh, you know, the striker, but that means you probably have to play Havertz, and I think he's stinking the place out at the moment. So that's why I've gone four three two one. Fulham play four two three one. Incidentally, with Kearney and Reed in midfield, uh, so I don't know. I mean, you know, arguably you could say they're playing five in midfield, but arguably you could say they're playing two stroke four. I suppose I don't know. I mean, 
I'm not so sure. I don't think we, I mean, you know, we will get outrun in midfield if they bully us physically, if they press us aggressively and that we're not up to it. But I think that we're more likely to be up to it if we've got Kovacic, Zachary and Chukwameka because they are more physical and aggressive players. But if you if you put Jorginho in there, fucking good night Vienna, you know. Uh, Mitrovic is injured, by the way. Is he now? Well, that's good. Cod for that. William is playing out of his skin. Well, that's a worry. Uh, definitely a worry. Pereira's a decent player. James plays quite well for them. Yeah. You know, leads. He's got a lot of energy. Yeah, um, he's fast as well. Yeah, Ream is is not bad. Robinson is a bit all over the place, but great energy. There's, most of them have got energy, haven't they? That's the main thing. Yeah, it's the energy. And as you say, they'll be uh, they'll be really up for it, and they'll be everywhere, and they'll be kicking us all over the place. Well, Willie, we'll, we'll, sorry, go we'll on. Be, the crowd will be completely behind them because yeah. they they're above us, and they want this is their opportunity to crow. This is they, really, they're loving it. They're, they're loving, loving it at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they 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 haven't lost in their last five. Their last four have been wins. They've beaten obviously they beat Hull in the cup away. They beat Leicester one nil away. They beat Southampton two one. They beat Palace three nil away. Now Leicester, Southampton, and Palace are not exactly in good form. They drew with um, they drew with West Ham. I think that was a friendly, uh, or was it the Caribou? No, it was the Caribou, wasn't it? I'm not sure. Anyway. Um, that was a one-all draw. West Ham are in shit form as well. So they haven't actually played anybody decent recently. And I don't know what happened before that. Um, obviously, we're in horrible form. Uh, I mean, our matches against Fulham, you know, historically, I mean, this is going to be a very interesting revision, I think, we need to perhaps make. But in total, we've played Fulham 50 times, drawn 26. Sorry, we've won 50, drawn 26, uh, and lost 11. In the Premier League era, obviously, when football was invented, uh, we've uh, won nine, drawn five, and lost one at the cottage. The only time we lost, JK and I talked about the other week on the 50 Years Show in 2006, when the Dead Snake scored. Good old Boa Morte. Yeah. Uh, the one nil defeat, one of the rare defeats in our march to the uh, back-to-back uh, Premier League title win. But other than that, I mean, the last four times we've played them uh, over there, we've won every time handsomely. You know, but I think we we now are going to have to separate this. I, I think it's now becoming impossible to look at historical performances that were during the Roman era because we were so fucking dominant against most of these teams. I think we, we might have to look at another period. Or maybe we need to go back to the early 90s and go, how did we do against these teams then? I don't know. It's all a load of bollocks, really, isn't it? Let's face it. As far as the league table is concerned, JK is absolutely right. Fulham is seventh. Uh, having played one more game than us. They've got 28 points. They've won eight, drawn four, lost six, scored 30, con- uh, conceded 27. Uh, we have, uh, we're have we in 10th. We've played 17, won seven, so we've won less than them, drawn four the same amount, lost six uh, the same as them. We've scored 20 goals, 10 less than them, uh, but we've conceded only 19, which is uh, eight less than them. Uh, but there we go. So, you know, seventh is Fulham, eighth is Brighton, ninth is Brentford, Chelsea a tenth. I mean, to be below Fulham, Brighton and Brentford is just oh, it's depressing, isn't it? So there you go. So that's the state of play. Um, to wrap it all up before we all, you know, sink into a vat of vodka or something. Um, how do we see it going? I mean, our, our form's rubbish. Fulham's form is great. 
Can we get a result, Clayton? I think we, it's going to be 1-1. One, one. JK? We're going to lose 2-0. All right. If we if we play my side, we will win 2-1. If we play Potter's side, we will lose 2-1. All right. I'll make it as simple as, simple as that. And on uh, that... Sorry, I, I'm being silly with two. It should be three. Three now. Okay. To Fulham. Yeah. Well, we'll find out on Thursday, won't we? Uh, have fun to all those that are going. Sadly, I can't, as you all know. Uh, that is all we've got time for tonight. We'll be back on Friday to look back at Chelsea's league match against Fulham this Thursday and ahead to the match against Palace on Sunday. Don't forget, get a ticket for the Cundy do. Uh, JK and I will be joined by Tony Glover and Adam Newson on Friday. Uh, Patreon, if you like what we do, become a Chelsea Fagos patron and help us cover the cost of running two shows a week and continue to produce what we believe is a unique podcast on all things Chelsea. Uh, please feel free to donate whatever you want per show or month at uh, patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And if you do, uh, you'll get a Kerry Dixon banner if you want one and you can join our Discord group. Don't forget, if you want to send us an email, send it to chelseafancast at gmail.com. And you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Clayton at Goalie59 and me at Stamford Chidge. Clayton, brilliant to see you, old love, as always. Thank you for being on my return show. Absolute pleasure. Always love it. Fabulous to see JK as well. Happy New Year to everyone. I sort of wonder what day you stopped doing that. I was a bit reticent to actually put that in emails at work today, but what the hell. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Lovely happy. to see you and uh, hopefully see you on Sunday. You coming to the Cundy gig? I don't know. I don't know. I'll explain later. All but... right. No worries. Just let me know either way, yeah? No. Lovely to see you, mate. Take care. JK, really lovely to see you too. It's been great to be back in the old saddle. Enjoyed it immensely. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, great fun. Uh, you lot out there, thank you for listening. See you Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good boy. That's more It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.